I think the general public has no idea what roadies do. Bless them all. I just play the podcasts. Boo. That's a Tom Petty quote. Boo. And we're kicking off our episode with a Tom Petty quote, just like Showtime's roadies kicks off its whole season with boo. a Tom Petty quote. Ladies and gentlemen, my Thank name. Thank you for pausing for my boo. Anytime. <laughs> you know why? Because I am your friend, and collectively we are hashtag the two friends. And this is? The who friends? It's the who friends. Griffin Newman. David Sims. This is blank. I was listening to the who on the subway. <laughs> God. Oh, my Lord. I don't care. I'm taking this off the rails as much as I can this episode. I'm trying to. I'm fucking Steven Seagal. You're taking us into dark territory. Foreshadowing. And I'm trying to keep this train on the tracks. My name's Griffin Newman. Your name's David Sims. This is Blank Check with Griffin and David. This is a podcast where we go through filmographies, directors who had big success early on and are given a series of blank checks creatively to uh, do crazy projects. Sometimes, sometimes. Those, fucking, those checks cash out. Sometimes they bounce, baby. Sometimes they bounce over 10 episodes of television on a premium cable. And sometimes it's charming. Nope. Uh, this miniseries is called We Pot a Cast. This it's is over. The ultimate episode. It's over. Uh, whoa! What a roller coaster it's been. Life's a carnival, is it not? Well, it, it was a roller coaster, like in that thing where it's like at the you start at the top, you take a big ladder, you climb to the top, and then it dips a little bit, and then it goes back to the top, and then it just goes down, and then it's over. You're forgetting it's that like time? a log flume. Forgetting that time we bought a zoo, ladies <laughs> yeah, and gentlemen. That's true, ladies and gentlemen. Our final episode, the most recent Cameron Crow project. It is a 10-part Showtime original series, a dramedy. The last Cameron Crowe project? Who knows? We made that same joke on our last episode. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, roadies. And- Boo! I was Yay! drinking water, so I wasn't fast with that. Here to talk about roadies with us is a very special guest. Yes. Now, here's the thing. You've heard him before. Yeah, every, almost every week. Almost every week. He comes in, every, records, and he Every leaves. episode of 2016, you've heard him. Yes, for sure. Yes. Reggie Watts style. Yeah. I love that old joke. It's a great bit. Great old bit. Uh, he is the man behind our theme song for this show, The Blank Check Song. Indeed. That, of course, you know, it's sort of, I mean, at this point, the song has become more popular than the show. Easily. It's sort of like Anna Kendrick's They're Cups. They're spinning it off. <laughs> it's a number one Billboard single. We got to make a music video, and we're like, we didn't expect this to be a hit, but, you know, the public decides. I can't do it. I can't do the cups. And took a ticket for the long <laughs> When round. I'm gone. Uh, yes, go ahead. We already got enough Foley work coming up a couple episodes oh. from now. Uh, ben, ben suggested he would strongly edit that episode. Not true. We're stretching it out. <laughs> stretching it. Ladies and gentlemen. Pass speed. Ladies and gentlemen, he is a musician. Yeah, sorry. Uh, you know him from outfits such as uh, the Great American Novel and then currently the Romantic Comedy. Yes. Correct? Nailed it? Yeah. Nailed it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Lane Montgomery is here with us. Hi, everyone. Woo! It's a, it's I only actually, woo. I actually expected applause for that for a second. At home, everyone's doing golf we don't do We don't do applause on we this don't. podcast. We don't. No. Um, Lane, you are a musician. Yes. Uh, you have toured. You've been, you lived a on the road. A little bit. But you've, you've played on the road. Yeah. Did you go to Cincinnati? 
No, I've never been. <gasps> oh, I said the word. But okay. now that's like I'm such a superstitious guy that that's going to be a thing in my head if I ever play is Cincinnati. That up or is it? We'll get there. Well, you know the rule. What's that? Well, Comedy Bang Bang was doing a live show in Cincinnati, okay. and they were doing their sound check, and the crowd heard it. It was a late sound check, and they thought <laughs> that the show was happening, so they stampeded in, and 15 people died. So you know what we have to do now. <laughs> Uh, you have to go steal some eggs from a farm? Yeah. We cannot live- Are we going to fall in love? UCB offices <laughs> until we find five copies of Bossy Pants. Luis Guzman is going to burst through the door. <laughs> we have to get four bottles of Schweppes ginger ale. I'm done drinking the water. Okay. Uh, Lane, also, you also, uh, your mother is a comedian. Yes. And you grew up in Las Vegas. Like, you've spent your whole life mm. sort of in- In the performance arts? That's true. But also around show folk. I mean, you were sort of behind the scenes, backstage, watching the nuts and bolts of things, and then went into music and with, like with the unsung heroes of rock. Yeah, and the unsung heroes of, <laughs> of, of comedy. Of comedy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, both. Okay. All three. Yeah. Uh, but but you know, uh, you're a friend of the show, of yep. course. Gifted us with uh, the theme song. No, you were the obvious candidate. You were the obvious. We candidate. discussed you way back in the say anything days. It's yeah. the obvious candidate. Yes, and it, it felt like, you know... Um, Here's how the conversation went. Griffin said, oh, we're going to have to do roadies. And I said, oh, what? I don't want to. Yeah. And he was like, by the way, we should have Lane on. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's a good right. Idea. That was sort of the conversation. <laughs> uh, but I thought, you know, because we had not watched any roadies at the time, it felt like uh, it'd be good to have someone uh, with your background on to, like, sort of examine the veracity of the show. Yeah, right. You can be... We'll just... Throw something at you and you just true false, true yep. false, yep. right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so Rhodey's the show, true false. That's so true. Okay, great. <laughs> Everything there actually <laughs> happened. Uh, the state, the Staten House band, true false, real band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real I thought band. so. I thought so. I love that they didn't give us any songs of theirs except no. like a little line from one. There's one scene where they sing. Yeah, while they're like cutesy falling in love again. Yeah, we, we never hear Janine. You hear Ray Spall and Imogen Poots yes. sing a little Janine, but you don't know what it actually sounds like. Maybe yeah. they're tone deaf. Yeah. Um, the like variety of opening bands that they have makes me right. have not no idea what genre. this band sounds like. No, absolutely like. not. Yeah. And even just the response of like uh, Mr. Mr. Finger, like what, what he oh, man. sort of- Oh, boy, Mr. Finger. Hey, Mr. Finger. Hey. The second worst blogger character on the show. Well, and I was going to say, the way those two guys <laughs> respond to the band, it's like, it doesn't make sense no. where this band functions in the universe, wh- what kind of role they have, I what kind of I took them as a, as a worse Dawes. I don't even know if I know Dawes. <laughs> That's the other thing. This I, could, a, I could see that. That was an old AV Club joke. Uh, okay. Shouting out the band Dawes on the, in the comments section. They used to do that a lot. Yeah. I thought it would definitely be Coldplay-esque. You know? Yeah. That's the vibe yeah. I got. I mean- Mumford Sons? Mumford, the yeah. Mumford and the, the Sons? The Mumford Sons? You know the yeah. Mumford and his Sons? Yeah, there you go. You got yeah. it. Yeah. Fourth time lucky. Yeah. yeah. The Mumford and his Sons. Yeah. I, uh, uh, my mom and my sister lived in Paris for a year because my, my mom wanted my sister to uh, see the world, get experience. I don't know. Um, but I went to visit them and it was just my mom and my sister living in an apartment, uh, by themselves, uh, in a city where my sister, like, didn't know anybody, felt very isolated. And they had, like, their, their iPod plugged into an iPod dock that just for, like, the first four days I was there just played this one fucking Mumford and Song song on loop. And I just at one point like just started screaming. I was like, why is this song playing on loop? And they were like, oh, well, the iPod's broken. 
And I was like, what do you mean the iPod's broken? I looked at it and it was just on repeat one. And I turned it off, but I was like, how long have you been listening to this song? And they were like, I don't know, like six months. Did they go mad? No, they seemed fine with it. But I, like, they were like, oh, let's put on some music. And they just, every time they were going to put on some music, were resigned to listening to this one. You know that song? Yeah. It was that song. And I, after four days, was like, I never want to. Four days? Four days. I would last a minute. I lasted maybe four days and was like, I will never hear that song ever again. They did it for six months. I want to vomit when I hear the name Mumford. All right, are we done talking about roadies? Because that was fine. That was fine. <laughs> good app, guys. Yeah, that was good. Roadies is a 10-part uh, Showtime original series that premiered in May and just just finaled. It just finaled last Sunday as we're recording this. Ooh, perfectly timed. And people ask why well we timed. push Cameron Crowe ahead of James Cameron. It's because uh, three months from now, no one will remember that roadies exist. This that, was the one time. That is true. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Uh, the show has finaled. Uh, Showtime has been very, very sort of waffly about whether or not there is a future they're to not, the show. They're not renewing this show. But they're also not like, we're uh, canceling it. Uh, no, but, uh, well, I was talking with TV Mojo, uh, Joe Dalian, who's a great uh, biz TV biz writer of uh-huh. culture. And he's like, yeah, David, Friday before Labor Day is coming up. You know, that's when you say that you canceled roadies. Really, yeah. it's the Friday before Labor Labor Day. It's like some some long weekend, like Friday afternoon. Oh, I get what you say. You bury the news. You just say like, oh, and uh, we we canceled roadies, and then so like the the or, the fourteen remaining Cameron Crow fans could be like, no, but like almost no one will care anyway. It'll just sort of get forgotten. Put it this way, this show is the least watched show on Showtime. Is that b- true? Behind, but there's one show that's behind it, except for one show, and I want you to guess what it is. Oh boy, okay, Ray well, Donovan. No, no, Ray Donovan, very popular. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay, so it's- oh, That's God. the only other Showtime show I yeah, have. Yeah, Showtime lineup. Is it a comedy or a drama? I believe- I've never seen it okay. because I would never want to subject myself. Put it this way. Yeah. And I want. I was thinking about this as I was watching Roadies because I didn't like- I didn't It's like, not episodes, right? No, no. And, wait, I think and, I've got it, but I want to see if Griffin okay. gets it. Yeah, wait, no, um, what, what were you going to say about it? Well, I didn't like Roadies. Uh-huh. I thought it was quite bad. But uh, as I was watching, I was thinking about another show- that I, I liked more than Roadies, but, you know, also perhaps struggled to connect with audiences about the music industry that aired on premium cable this year called Vinyl. Oh. And I was thinking about one of the worst things about Vinyl was that there was the a lack lot- of dialogue I had. Also- oh, well, no, that, very true. Yeah, very right, true. Yeah, but there okay. was a lot of time spent on the murder of Andrew Dice Clay. Oh, 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 <laughs> oh, oh. And like, you know, it's one. It's funny yes. that uh, Vinyl uh, maybe had too much plot. Roadies maybe had... Way not enough plot, but anyway, uh, yeah, Dice, Dice is the show. Yeah, was that gonna be yeah, your guess? Yeah, I, yeah. Dice, Dice yeah. which I did not watch. No, it was sort of a wasn't it like a Marin esque? Yeah, you know, like they lock the gates, but with dice. Yes, uh, which everyone was waiting for. Yeah, everyone yeah. was like, God, give me, give me some like gritty realism comedy with Dice. Like, I want to see Andrew Dice Clay make an omelet. Have you noticed on the on Twitter how many people are now like tweeting lock the gates shit at us? Yes. In a way where, like, someone uh, someone tweeted, like, uh, very happy that Blank Check has, uh, like, you know, uh, leaned into making Lock the Gates their, their Hainong man. Yeah. Which is ignoring the fact that we stole it from another show. I know. I mean, <laughs> that it's, us parodying we, another show's catchphrase has become our catchphrase. We're doing the WTF catchphrase, catchphrase uh, uh, and it's become a Comedy Bang Bang-esque 
bit. Yes. So we've taken two other po- very wildly <laughs> successful podcasts yeah. on our own moderately somewhat noticed podcast. We comedy bang banged WTF and made it into a blank check. Yeah. Well, the, we did. But this, I mean, it ties into this show, certainly. Dice? Mark Marin. Yeah. This show unlocks the gates. <laughs> For a second. And Marin walks let's through them. Let's him in there. Yeah, and then the gate. he turns it around, walks out, they lock the gates again. They lock the gates behind him. This show locked the gates on uh, dramatic uh, storylines. Yeah. It didn't let him in. Well, no. It, okay. It so, locked the gates on uh, interesting things happening. So interesting thing that you said, I'm now going to uh, uh, immediately serve up a counterpoint, and this will be the core of the rest of our episode. Oh, no. I think the show is better than Vinyl. Uh huh. Interesting. I don't. I just vinyl. At least I was like, well, kind of interested in what's going to happen. You Chris, know, Chris got a good mustache. Chris got a good mustache. That was a great that mustache. Was a great mustache. Yeah. Uh, you know, vinyl wasn't my favorite show. I also I didn't dislike it in this. Some people seem to dislike it I, I, more than I did. No, I think I. I Roadies. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I obviously I had a great time working on it. Yeah, and I don't yeah, think yeah. it was a bad show. But I think the thing when you bring up the dice claim murder. Oh boy. I, I mean. It's the last thing you want uh, out of a show in the music industry is trying to solve the murder of Andrew Dice Clay. I it's think the downfall of that show is them putting too many things yeah. in the pot, right? Too they many... put too many toppings on the pizza, and you just yeah. want a nice cheese slice. Well, right. And the you setup got, of the show is so clean. You got pizza, and then you had some like pepperoni, which was kind of Ali doing, uh, doing martial arts. Right. That's fine. And then pepperoni, you had some mushrooms, fine. which is the cocaine, and you're like, oh, this is getting a little much. But then there's like <laughs> pineapple, and that's Andrew Dice Clay's busted head. Yeah. <laughs> His skull busted open. And then like four different cheeses, but one of them's Gruyere. <laughs> and you're like, I don't know. I think Gruyere is not great on pizza. Like so, I like it on its own. Rodie's is like they, they, they rolled out the dough and then they just left. See, and then it, it sort of sat in the sun, so it didn't cook exactly, but it sort of crisped a little okay, bit. Okay, I disagree with you. <laughs> and then someone came back, like Showtime, and was like, Jesus, like at least put butter on it. I don't know, like sprayed some oil on it. Okay, I'm good. I, I like your metaphor. Thank I you. think vinyl's definitely a pizza with too many toppings, right? When the core pizza itself had a lot going for it. And there's still good bites in there, but sometimes you're like, just too much. Too much, too much. You know, and it's like, do you want to take the time to pick the pineapple off of it? Like that stuff, right? Uh, also, they didn't give me enough dialogue. Um, I think I think that Rody's is like a flatbread. Yeah. I think they did put it's cheese. It's a flatbread. Right. I think they did put no, cheese and forgot. tomato on it. No, no see, forgot. I'll disagree with you. They forgot. I think there's some cheese and tomato on no. the flatbread, but I it's think like, it is a flatbread. No, no. Here's what it is. It's like they've got this like big ball of mozzarella <laughs> okay. on the side, like fresh. Like a buffalo? called Gugino. A buffalo mozzarella. Gugino mozzarella, yeah. right? Gugino mozzarella. Like, oh, I can't wait to see them put, I can't wait to eat yeah. that. Yeah. And then they forgot to put it on. <laughs> It's just sitting over there. Okay, Lane, would you like to step into the arena and throw out your own uh, This pizza is great. Analogy? I'm enjoying yeah. this. Yeah. I didn't think I was going to have so much fun recording this episode. This is going to be a best episode ever. Lane, if you had to compare vinyl and roadies to pizzas, how would you describe them? Well, first of all, neither show has enough of you. Obviously. Well, Very yeah. true. Yeah. You would have been good on roadies. I, I would have been good. Did I, you audition? I did audition. Did I, you audition? I auditioned. Can you guess which character I auditioned to play? Uh, uh, Milo. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. Actually, no. No. Did you audition for, uh, you know, Imogen Wes. Kelly? Wes. Yeah. Wes. I auditioned for, yeah. yeah. But but I played him much more like Milo. Like, I, when I watched the show, I was like, oh, that's what they wanted. I played him real sad sacky. Well, I guess Which that's, was like Milo. Yeah. yeah and then yeah. they had Milo, but then they, like, forget that Milo's on the show. Like, yeah. pretty fast. But he was great. He He's was really one good. of the highlights of the show. I like the actor. I don't know him. Who Peter is he? Peter Campbell? I, I, I don't know him. There is a... 
terrible TBS show from a few years back called Wedding Band. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Which he was in playing, I believe, a bass player also. Wow. And I would watch that every night, every Saturday night on TBS, and it's not a good show, but it was yeah. enjoyable to me. Was that Brian Austin Green? Yes. Oh, wow. He was also on that show Notes from the Underbelly, which was like one of the many pregnancy shows. Oh, last. yeah, yeah. There was like this rash in the mid-2000s yeah. where every network is like, we need a show about how hard it is and or easy it is to get pregnant. It was in the motherhood, right? Yeah, Which it was, was Patty in the motherhood Heaton and uh, Jessica Sinclair. And then there was like a Leia drama. Ramini. Yes, yeah. and then there was a drama that was set at like a fertility clinic called like Inconceivable with like Ming Na. I can't believe that like, didn't succeed. That sounds unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. And it was canceled after like twenty minutes. Like you know, I mean, I, CBS just like aired. A, I don't know a black screen <laughs> <laughs> rather than complete the episode. It had like Ming Nan, like Omar Epps. Like, how, when you see that this, you're fucking like, great. there were 80 pilot scripts, there were like 20 pilot, you know, like, how did this make it all the way up the chain? Yeah. And then they're immediately like, whoa, wait a second, no. Anyway, Inconce- I think it was called Inconceivable. It, it, I mean, that's an amazing name. Yeah, that's a yeah, perfect yeah. title for that show. Um, I did, yes, no, I was very surprised by um, how little I appeared in Roadies. Because I, I, there was a. <laughs> There was a part of me that kept on being like, I don't think I worked on this, but I feel like I could show up at any moment. I mean, that was my main problem with vinyl. I just kept waiting for you to I know, show back same up. I know, here. Yeah, no, I, I would watch episodes and be like, pretty sure I worked on this. It was the opposite of Rhodey's. I was like, I have a distinct memory of being on set, and yet I'm not in this episode. I had a great time working on vinyl. Um, I, I just think uh, what I like about Rhodey's is... Omar Epps wasn't in it. Ming-Na, Angie Harmon, Jonathan Cake. All right, I'm done talking That's about That's a great cast. cast. It aired two episodes, 10 are unaired, and wow. will never be seen. Wow. Even in this uh, Hulu era? Yeah, maybe Hulu's got it for all you know. Hulu has all those shows. Yeah, and I know like Hulu has done some of that where like a show gets canceled and they'll be like, well, the- You can watch the last five on Hulu. The remaining five episodes of Wicked City. Yeah, right. <laughs> or a oh, Hulu original oh, now. I reviewed Self that show. Wicked that City. show was disgusting. Yeah. That, that show was disgusting. Was it wicked? <laughs> I guess it thought it was. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that show was gross. Was that Ed Westwick and uh, and uh, Helena Christensen? Yeah, Ed Westwick, yeah. Uh, Erica Christensen. Erica Christensen. Ed Westwick is a serial killer. Erica is his victim who becomes his, like, uh, minion. A lot of sex. But, like, ABC, so, you know. Yeah, so real, real. <laughs> Graphic. Wicked. Uh, this uh, episode is ostensibly about roadies. <laughs> We seem to be avoiding talking about it. Yeah, well, okay. But here's I mean, what I like about roadies. And here's the thing with roadies. I'll give it a gentleman's six. Oh, I'll give it a gentleman's minus eight. <laughs> this is the classic <laughs> X-Men apocalypse debate. I think I'd also give it a gentleman's six. Hey. <laughs> this is bad. I should have someone on my side. Ben, 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 Ben. Yeah. Introduce producer Ben. Oh, Who? my God. Yeah. Yeah. Introduce hey. him. Producer Ben, the Ben Deucer, the Poet Laureate, the Haas, Mr. Hositive. Purdueer Ben, yep. the tiebreaker, uh-huh. uh, our, the birthday Benny, uh, our world's fi- finest film critic. Uh, I think we, I, we we were forgetting one that we introduced a couple episodes back. It was White Hot Benny. Oh, yes. Oh, White Hot Benny. Yes. Uh, he's not Professor Crispy. He is yeah. the fuck master. Yeah. And he's graduated to certain titles over the course of different miniseries, such as producer Ben Kenobi, Kylo Ben, Ben Knight Shyamalan, Ben Sate, and of course, Benny Lane. Of course, the new Benny Lane. Ben Hosley is here with us. I ben. feel like in a future episode, we're not going to know what his name is. I think. His actual name? Like Benny Lane. Oh, yeah. I think I feel like in next week's episode, we hadn't actually decided yet. Yes. We've been recording out Our timeline's all over the all fucking place. All over the place. But anyway, yeah. 
Benny Lane, you said you had some names. I for had him. a couple. I want to. Lane's got a couple he wants to pitch. Lane, Lane, you know, friend of the show. He does his homework. He that's so nice. Can't I actually, I pitched Lane an idea for uh, his next album. Okay. Uh, I was telling him that they should call it "You Two," like "You Two?" Question mark. And I like it. Like you too. Like you too. Yeah, exactly. Like the spy planes. Mm-hmm. Great. That's yeah. That's a good. That's a good idea. Okay, uh, Lane. Would okay. you like to pay back? Well, so you got to be an, for that great gift. An <laughs> avid fan of roadies, probably to get some. Of oh, these, these are roadie specific. These are roadie specific. Oh boy, you're talking to the. I mean, I probably by default now the world's biggest roadies. Fan. Yeah, I think the two of us are. <laughs> Uh, the State and House Bend. Yeah, perfect. Uh, Very good. Really excellent. Ben- Everyone would get it, too. Yeah. <laughs> Bennard Skinnerd. Oh, that, that did actually, like that. yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, producer Ben, but in parentheses, like a music producer. <laughs> sure, right, just to make that clear. Yeah. And then my favorite, uh, Immo Ben Poots. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Which I like. I felt like you had already come up with, Griffin. No, I think I Okay, had, good. Yeah, no, Immo Ben Poots is... Good. Hey, uh, Lane, I'd like to give you a gift. Uh oh. A 45 comedy point. Oh, man. I've been waiting yeah. for this. Uh, ben, uh, you did not like Rarys. Oh, so bad. <laughs> yeah, all right. So Ben's with me. Okay, I'm so on your against, side 100%. We're two against two on this, okay? What I like about the show is that it is so basic. It's so basic. So basic, which is something I already said about uh, uh, We Bought a Zoo in a complimentary way. I like that this show is just kind of like some fucking TV show. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it, doesn't like feel, <laughs> it doesn't feel like important in a time where <laughs> right. like, and I mean that in or like a- worth our time. But I love that. That's the thing. What? That's a, Yeah, I kind of have the same TV feeling. TV is too important now. <laughs> I don't disagree with that. I know what you guys I mean. I like that's like just some but show. I'll take that on a show that's 40 minutes long or 22 minutes long. And, it you is know, long. Every pretty, episode is yeah. long. 60 minutes long with like multiple offensive storylines. They like come out of nowhere and you're like, whoa, what is this? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. I agree with you 100%. There are multiple storylines across the season of this show that are offensive, but there are also multiple storylines that are charming. Nope. I just don't get, it's like, it's supposed to be a modern portrayal of the music industry and it's so not. No, it's, it's like not. a fucking relic of like 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, I mean, the show gets really tone deaf anytime uh, Cameron Crowe tries to comment on the music industry today. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, it's painful. So, I mean, this is a question I asked you, I think, and Ben in your group text. I can't remember. Or uh-huh. I think we were talking about it maybe last week when we were recording. I yeah. just said, like, what is this show about? Like, and I don't mean like obviously it's about a, you know some roadies who work with for a band, and every week they're mm-hmm. in a new show. But I mean like, what's the show about? Like, just basic pitch. Like, what's it about? What's it trying to tell us? Can I tell you? Go ahead. The show is about the sky. <laughs> <laughs> if only it was about the sky. I feel like the show is kind of about like, man, rock and roll's really changed. Yeah. And like that's it. You yeah, know? I think man. Uh, things used to be a little different. I s- see, like uh, I would... now we've got cell phones. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm just putting that out there. Anyway, that's ten episodes. That's good, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's like I mean, but like I kind of enjoyed that. Like I, that, I think my problem with vinyl, besides not enough Griffin, mm-hmm. as we've established, is that it was like I wanted to watch like a show about like seventies punk like happening and like I've, there's that book Please Kill Me that's about right. punk that's amazing and it's great, like great book. If that had been a TV show I would have watched the shit out of that. Yeah. And like for me like this was like more at least music based and hit my like yes. 
great. I'm watching a show about the thing I like. This is an argument I can get on board. Yes. So I like. I get that. I like that Roadies is like just about the music and the people who work. Right. And in the that music. World. Is boring largely. That Agreed. it's exploring, and so it sort of re- makes sense that the show that reflects that by being pretty boring. Agreed. I think a stronger take. Uh, I think a, I, I'm going to vomit as I say this. Oh no! Oh, I, I've been this vomiting. Is a small room. I've been vomiting this whole time. At the other stuff you were saying, so I can't even wait. My should eyeballs get, are going to pop. Wait, out. should I get the bucket? Yeah, get the bucket. Yeah. All right, hold on. Excuse okay. me. Listen, we're holding for Ben to get the bucket. We're holding for Ben to get we're the bucket. We're gonna include this. Up. Okay, <laughs> clunk. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. Thank you. Let me just drag this we... tin bucket over across on this table here. Look, look forward to this bit making sense two weeks from now, guys. All right. Anyway, okay. but the bucket—that's a new—that's a new blank check item. We've added that item. Check out the oh, yeah. blank check store for yep. branded buckets. Get yeah. the bucket. And also, of course, in our uh, it's for vomiting into when Griffin says something. In our in our blank check mobile tap tap game, yes, oh god, you can now buy the bucket a... for two hundred coins. The I bucket is available. Mobile, the like... bucket is available today, and and of course, two hundred coins will only cost you seventy five gems. I wish, I really wish we had one of those pyramid scheme like, and that it was the worst. We'll get it there, was baby. like not good. It'd you know, like we yeah. put no effort into it. We're just like I don't know, just get bejeweled, put our faces on it. <laughs> Griffin and David Blitz. You know what you could do for Bejeweled, for a Bejeweled style game, is each each little emblem is just a small print of one of Ben's nicknames. Yes, and you have to match up the nicknames. No, I thought great. it would just be like falling like comedy points, and like each one yeah. would have like different oh, numbers. That, that could be good too. Yeah. These are great endorsement opportunities. If anyone is listening and wants to design us a Bejeweled style game, yeah, we're ready to sell with, out, baby. With serious like price point. Like, yeah, I mean serious like gems. Coins, you gotta buy items. pyramids, buckets, yeah. everything. I don't Only know. one request. What? Go ahead. It's gotta be big. It's gotta be big. Game's gotta be big. Game's gotta be big. Um, All right. I like that this show is about the music and about the people who work in music, which I think was where vinyl lost its way. I think when vinyl worked, yeah. it was when it was focused in that, and when it became about the other stuff, it was just like, that's not why I'm tuning into this show. I like that Rody stays focused on that and enough to, that well, I'm able ahead, to sort of ahead. forgive it. In in the in the macro, I forgive it for the things that drove me crazy while I was watching it because the totality of the series is what I wanted out of this series and sort of just like, you know, like shoot low, hit your target, you know? Right. But I do think there's something to like... It, the show is sort of trying to be this like... When you ask what it's about, it's about these people who don't like fit in, right? Like it's all these people who are like out of time, out of place. I guess so. And have to be part of like this traveling circus fucking thing, right? It's sort of like a cheers type thing where it's like everyone who comes to this bar is inherently broken because why else would they come to this bar every day? And that's the unifying thing between all the characters and the same thing with roadies. It's like what would make someone want to commit themselves to this kind of life, which is so detached and disconnected from a sort of normal daily human emotional existence and relationships and all of that, right? Yeah. There is the problem that Cameron Crowe clearly is still in love with how music existed in the 1970s and the 60s and what it meant to people, and even the 80s to a lesser degree, and even the 90s to a lesser degree, and has no such connection to the music of today, right? Mm. And is trying really hard to, like, explain that. And the show is obviously trying to represent this sort of, like, contrast between what it used to be to be a roadie, what the music industry used to be, how it's dying, the Reg character, all of this. You're losing me. I do think... What's the bad thing you want to say? I do think, in a way, the show would be more interesting if it was about them working on a band they didn't care about. 
that might be interesting, yeah. Because it's hard to buy that they care about the fucking Staten House Band anyway. Yes. Because the Staten House Band seems stupid. Right. They wrote a song called Janine. Yeah, Come but on. like, Kimiko is so open-hearted that he's never going to make right. a show about people about who- About cynical, you know, people. Uh, we live in a cynical world. Yes. And we work in a business of tough competitors. Right. But but there's the thing of like, he wants to have the moment where the people stand in the back and they're like, wow, you know, music really can change everything. And it's like- to, it would have had to be a more ambitious narrative of a bunch of people who have lost the way finding a way to love music again. But that also would have been a season where for most of the season everyone was like, fuck this, it's dead, it's dead, it's dead. Which obviously yeah, the show he wanted to it would also make. have to be a show in which you see both like the bad band and then whatever good band they end up liking. Yeah. I, th- I don't know. There should have been like front- one roadie who hated the band and then they did like one killer show at the end of the tour and he was like, no, all right, guys, I came around, you know? Yeah, why didn't well? And then they no do, one no one came to any sort of conclusion well, at the yeah, end of the Ray series. Wilson's really, character, I guess. Well, yeah, is, yeah. The, is the cynic who is turned. Yeah, all it takes is a uh, yeah drugs and rape. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. But there is this thing of like, um, I, I, I uh, so I read this interview where where it was an AV Club feature where they like talk to. At me. I don't work for that place. I was pointing to the wall. Fair enough. Uh, the I wall was, works for the AV clubs. I was pointing to David. Um, I read this AV club feature where they uh, talked to a bunch of real life roadies and had them like look at the first two episodes and like sure. say like, right. what, what, what do you think about this? And they're like, well, first of all, that prayer circle bullshit would never happen. No, it's so earnest. And it's such a plot point. It becomes like an yeah, emotional like, fulcrum of we, the show. Are we going to do the prayer circle? How are we going to do it? Can no one would the be. They are grown ups. Yeah. I swear to God. I know that they're, you know. You know, kind of arrested development types yeah. in a certain sense. You know, they're a little, ch- you know, childish sometimes, but like they wouldn't need to do the fucking. What are they, babies? Like, they come would, on, man. Yes. And I think the one like era where you could sell that is in the 70s, where it's like, you know, or the 60s when there were still the vestiges of like the free love kind of thing. And you could be like, well, everyone's on this spiritual plane. But in this cynical world of fierce competitors that yep. we live in, it doesn't really ring true a at cynical, all. Well, I have cynical a minor world. counterpoint. Okay. Shoot. Which almost works. True. Uh, yep. Which is that uh, earlier this year I was dating a girl who played for uh, played guitar for a pop singer and was like huge, big tour and mm-hmm. like blah, blah, blah. And so I never, I didn't interact with the roadies that much, but I did know that the band like kind of had a together like moment before they went on every time. All right, all right. And I was not allowed into that as the boyfriend. Yeah. Sure, so I don't was, know if it was, was a... like, I don't know if that was like a prayer circle or it was just like, hey, don't suck up there, you know? I haven't, I have an idea. Uh-huh. Why isn't this set on Taylor Swift's tour or something? Like, why don't you show that juxtaposition between, like, kind of old rock and roll types and, like, Ooh, yeah. an industry that's definitely changed? I think that's a better show, and yeah. I think the best version of this show would take place in 1983. Well, yeah. I you mean, know? that's the problem with, I feel like, a lot of Crow's stuff is he's looking back. And I think there's a, a neither here nor there factor to the show where it's, like, he wants to make a show about how much people love music and how much music can bring people together, but also wants to make a show about a culture that is dying, if not already dead. And so he kind of can't have it both ways because it's like you have a show where everyone's affected by the music, but they're constantly talking about how the music is dead. And it's like it's kind of one or the other. Like Stan House is like presented as being a very big, very influential band that is yeah. critically beloved, but also like commercially successful, has been around for a while, has diehard fans. And can just be on like a perpetual tour around the country. Right. That's- like quasi profitable, which right. is and pretty hard to pull off. If you're at that level, yeah. they're making a living being musicians, right. obviously. Right. I, everyone on the crew is making a living. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's not, I mean, like, there's either, like, like you said, go for like the Taylor Swift type thing. Sure. 
or like really I think corporatized. You take, you take like, like yeah. a band who's just like just made it, and they're like our age, and yeah, they're taking right. along yes, some like right, right. you know some Phil type. In that and case, some yeah. kids. you would need to see the band and hear their music, right? Which you can actively kind of avoid in this. It. They avoid it. They don't show us the band. It's kind of like the Thirty Rock trick, where it's like you know what, it's not gonna seem good if you see it. I don't think we even meet a member until episode three. And uh, we're we, like... No, we see... I swear we see, see a member in episode one. Yeah. You see... Because you no, see the finger the, kiss doesn't thing Doesn't the guy in roll in no, yeah, in episode one? Oh, right, Yeah, yes, and, like rolls yes. down the window and he's yeah. like, we're playing Janine or whatever. But like barely. Yeah, it's barely. like... You, they give it to us late and in small doses and they're very peripheral characters and the band members are probably the least interesting characters on the show whenever they oh, get yeah. pulled into the forefront. And their storylines are the least interesting. Right, and like even the way that everyone else talks about the Taylor Swift uh, tour on the show. In space. Yeah. Which, Cameron, come on. Like, you just did your fucking, like, militarization of space movie, and you're still on this space kick. So it is about the sky. It is about the sky. It is insane that, like, five comedy points. It is insane that, like, right after Aloha, he made a movie where you still, he made a show where it's like, okay, get back into safe space, Cameron. Music. Concerts yeah, on the road, weird. nothing weird. Nothing weird. And he's like, "Okay, here's Puna and a space tour." <laughs> like he did, like two of the fucking hits from Aloha. <laughs> here's a Hawaiian guy who's in touch with the spirits, did and here's like a concert that, tour in space. Way. But no. it does have kind of his greatest hits like all over too, because basically the Skinnerd episode is almost famous. Yes, essentially, you know, yeah. there's like a lot of like callbacks to his career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's just a weird. little bit of a greatest hits tour, I guess. We talked about in our Vanilla Sky episode. This is obviously going to be like a pretty freeform yeah, well, episode because we're not going to go through every fucking the, episode. What's the name of that movie? A uh, Vanilla Sky. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Um, any any uh, comedy points for that? No. Uh, All yeah, right. Forty five. Okay. Wait oh. a second. Stop trolling for yeah, comedy Lane points. Lane is really Lane's Lane's. This is a you thirst guys, trap. You guys got any? Uh, you guys got any comedy points? Up That's here? what those kids talk about right now. Those thirst traps, right? Yeah. Lane's a human comedy point thirst trap. He's I've got ninety five just for the record. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I'll say this: when I establish comedy points as as a bit with uh, originators, co originators, uh, Sam Regal, Alejandro Collini, and and Pat May. Yep. One of the rules was, and I'll say this to you, Lane. Uh-oh. If you keep track of how many comedy points you have, you lose all comedy Shit. points. So, Lane, Uh-oh. you unfortunately now have zero comedy points. Yeah. But then I know that I have zero comedy points. Then do I just I just keep losing? You better start <laughs> forgetting. Stop thinking about it. Better start forgetting. That's the thing. You gotta it's, just be in the moment. It's yeah. all I think about. Um. Uh. Yeah. No, we're not gonna go through. No, we're not the, gonna go through like episode by episode. I'm gonna, I mean, we'll hit certain. I'm gonna set up the show. I'm okay. Do it right now. Wait, but what was the thing I was gonna say right before this? I, I was getting know. to a really profound point. Where are you? Vanilla Sky. Vanilla oh Sky. yes, yes, yes. I am. I'm. I'm poking mm, tap the, on the small hands. of David's hands right <laughs> now. Um, it looks weird. Yeah, I'm poking the flesh between his thumb and his pointer finger. Uh, we uh, Richard Lawson said in our uh, Vanilla Sky episode yes. that he feels like that was Cameron Crowe trying to evolve into this realm of, if not magical realism, more genre elements, sure. able to get sort of more fantastical and less literal in his writing. Right. Right. And that that bombed, and it was like, if that had worked, what would have happened? Like, could he have transitioned? Because now you get into the state where it's like Cameron Crowe's neither here nor there. He's trying to replay the hits he used to do. They don't sound as good anymore, no. right? No. And he can't really figure out what the next step to go on to He's is. He's tried everything now. But there's a lot of that in Rhodey's where, it, like, you feel him trying to get less literal, where it's like the fucking, the David Spade sex show is very bizarre. Very Puna's bizarre. very bizarre. Yeah. The, the Taylor Swift space tour is very bizarre and a show that's otherwise like very grounded. And I think yep. that's where it works best is when it's just like them hanging out yes. and kind of shooting the shit. Agreed. The show functions best as a hangout show. Now, it's and still not a, a show that yeah. I would want to watch. 
but it at least functions. I would watch a 22-minute version of it, maybe. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, you want to run through the season a little bit? So the basic premise yeah. is there is a band called the Staten House Band, and they have a road crew. Hold on one second. Pow! <laughs> Griffin's new thing is drinking tea and yelling pow. Sorry, I just shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a band, they have a road crew, mm-hmm. they're on tour. Mm-hmm. Luke Wilson plays Bill. Ugh, the great Luke Wilson. Uh-huh. The tour manager <laughs> of the Staten House Band. Uh-huh. And Carla Gugino. The great Carla Gugino. Agreed. I worked with her and I could still never remember how to pronounce her name. Gugino. I think it's Gugino. She's the best. I love her. She's, She's a big old ball phenomenal. of mozzarella. Uh, <laughs> she plays Shelly. I have to look for their name. Shelly, the production manager. You know that's on her resume, right? Special skills. Ball of mozzarella. Accents. Big old ball Muz- of mozzarella. Muzzarella. Muzzarella. <laughs> Imogen Poots. Yep. The great Imogen The great Poots. Imogen Poots. Or at least the one day will be great. I don't know. Like I feel like there's a there's an Excalibur waiting for her. She has greatness within her. She does. In the words of Emma Stone in, in Aloha. I'm trying to tie it all back. I'm trying to bring every fucking Crow Project back in this one episode. Imogen Poot says Kellyanne Mason, who's the lighting girl, lighting rigger. Uh, yes. Rafe Spall. Oh, the great Rafe Spall. I like Rafe so Spall. so good in this. Like, he is. He's the best part of the show. Son of Timothy as, Spall. As Reg Whitehead, who's like the, 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 the suit. He's basically Fitz from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I yeah. realized. He's also he's the finance an, Another role I auditioned He would have played for. Fitz yeah. 10 years really? ago. Really? Oh, yeah, of course. Wait, what'd you uh, say? I auditioned for Fitz. Oh, of course you did. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, also, uh, he is clearly playing the local hero character, which is why they keep on referencing that movie fucking 50,000 times over the course of this. Yeah, show. yeah, oh, right. he's playing the yeah. local hero character. Yeah. All right. Also, w- while we're on references, how many times does someone say, oh, you look good, especially to Luke Wilson? A lot. Like 50 times. A Someone's lot. like, Bill, you look good. Yeah, it is what it is. Uh, okay, other main characters. Um, Keisha Castle Hughes, the lovely Keisha, Ca- Keisha Castle Hughes. <laughs> yes. As Donna Mancini. A character that doesn't exist. She's nope. the soundboard girl. She's in scenes. I think she's good in it. She's a totally good presence. She brings a lot of charm yeah. to the three lines she has. Doesn't really do that's, much. That's what I'll say. Does she have a plot line in the entire her, season? They fight her and her wife, and yeah, they have yeah. a baby. Her wife yeah. is pregnant and she knows secrets she's able to infer what people aren't right. saying sometimes correctly sometimes incorrectly. so can everyone on the yeah. show basically but, right. I'll, but i'll say this like i was kind of really taken aback by how strong her performance was a because we haven't seen her in a while and b because she's like spinning nothing into like gold. she is I'm not, like, she's got some not, good not into gold but into at least like i, I, was, tr- I was trying to use the straw <laughs> into gold metaphor but like the the idea of like She's given nothing to do, no, and she actually nothing. is like a pretty compelling presence on the show. P- Peter Cambor yes. is Milo, yeah. the bass also guitar great. tech. Also, yeah, I think really Again, excellent but on the nothing show. to do, but cute. Yeah, it's got some good moments. He's more Colson Baker as Wes Mason. Also known as Machine Gun Kelly, also known as MGK. Guitars, people, and coffee. Right, That's the role his, I uh, auditioned for. Uh, yeah, Machine Gun Kelly, who I had only ever seen in um, Beyond the Lights. Right, which he was... Which he's quite good in. Yep. But he's playing a, you know, a trash man. He's playing a trash man. And uh, I didn't know that he could not not play a trash man. Yeah. So good for him. Yeah, he d- I think he's very good in this show. And Ron White, and we were discussing this before. Yes. I believe he has 15 minutes total screen time in the entire season. I'd go 25. I don't think so. As Phil... The king of the road, who is, I guess, the, he's in charge. I don't know. He's like their mentor. He's the old hand. He's the old hand. And he's sort of in charge. He yeah. has a pistol. Yep. 
Uh, he's murdered people. He's committed many crimes. Yeah. He is fired at the end of the first episode, and he shows up back- For embezzling in the wake of <laughs> Hurricane Katrina. Yep. And then he shows up back at the end of the seventh. He's in the eighth episode where he tells a story, and he's not really in it. He's in the ninth episode, then he- Perishes. Uh huh. So, oh, right. Spoilers. Death. Yeah. On this. And then in the tenth episode, Ron White plays this guy as an embalmed version of himself, taxidermied, yeah. standing with his arms open, so that the rest of the cast can hug him. There are two earlier moments in other episodes where he skypes in through a bad connection from space. That's correct. Yes. Just FYI. Because let's just clearly explain this. In space. Yes. There is a rival yeah, we're tour not kidding. that is losing crew members <laughs> that is called the Planet Swift Tour, and it's not. Uh, like a joking title. It's literally they're uh, trying to colonize a new planet of Taylor Swift fans. It's a Taylor Swift tour that happens in fucking space. Yeah. Which, you see, I guess it feels like, I feel like I was talking about this with Aloha. Some, or, some, or yeah, yeah, like yeah. John Krasinski's character talking through subtitles. Right. Or I feel like Cameron Crowe will just be like, ah, that's really funny. You know, yeah. like he'll think, he's like, what if Taylor Swift War was literally in space? Which is like, that'd a, be funny, right? The dead sex thing has to be like that's him thinking one. this yeah. is hilarious. Yeah, he's like flicking through the channels. He's like, what's next? Like a zombie sex soap opera? Ha! Putting it in roadies. Written by and hey, starring <laughs> noted sexual dramatic actor David Spade. <laughs> he's also the writer of the show they yes. set up. First of all, they keep on saying like, David Spade looks good. Yeah, everyone looks good on the show. Everyone looks good. This is a show of people looking good. Yeah, uh, we'll get to dead sex. But anyway, so that's the main cast. You also yeah. got you got Finesse Mitchell bouncing around. Wait, I want to get back to Planet Swift. Oh yeah, sure. So Go like, right what ahead. is like? Let's just. What yeah. are the logistics of this? Is she playing? Yeah. Does do she you, go to the moon and play a show? If you join that tour, yeah. do you have to get on a space shuttle? Like, what? Right. How do you get there? Right. How does the people get? How do the audience? And it's like get Phil there? gets fired. Has Earth colonized the moon in this <laughs> like future? Like. Phil gets fired and and within like three days is working on the Planet Swift the, tour. By the end of the episode, right. he's already on that tour. Right, but it's like, wouldn't he have to go through training and like medical tests and like, I know he's not an astronaut, but <laughs> like, also, even when people are talking about SpaceX and Virgin Galactic and no, whatever, it's still, part of the thing is you have to do all this due diligence well, even also, if you bought your ticket. It costs like $80,000 or something. Like, is or the idea like, that they're just live streaming the shows from space or are they performing for space stations or is she doing a fucking alien tour? Is she tour? on the International Space Station? That I don't know. This is what sense. I was thinking about. Did she build her own spaceship? Possible. You know what? I'd watch that show too. Me too. Yeah. Planet Swift. Planet Swift. Anyway, Finesse Mitchell's can hanging add, out. Can I just add something really quick? Anything, though. Thank you. Say anything. Great. Dot, dot, dot. Um, so I feel like this part is making me think especially it's like his commentary on sort of like the bigger acts of like contemporary music Beyonce Taylor Swift and he's saying that the beebs they're you know they're all about costumes and it's like lighting and explosions. rather than about the music yeah you know what though man i kind of like that there's these giant stadium acts and they're they're making it worth the money you pay to see them i do too i don't need to necessarily see like Five old guys standing around playing music necessarily. That's not as entertaining as maybe a Beyonce show would but be. But it is the Cameron Crow. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Cameron Crow. Yes. Yeah. Set it on record. That's very uh, clear. I want to get that on uh, record. Fuck Cameron Crow uh, Cam for this bullshit. Cameron. No. I liked it. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Gentleman's I get six. it, guys. <laughs> Gentlemen's minus 50. Uh, I, I agree with you, Ben. I mean, there's that like argument when people complain about, like, you know, oh, I can't believe this movie costs this much money. The kind of argument's like your ticket costs the same way either way. Like, wouldn't you rather see the movie with more money behind it? I'm not behind wasting money, but it's like, what's the problem with like trying to put on that much of a show, especially when concerts are this expensive? Yeah. 
Uh, he's obviously trying to comment on that, but it's like, it's a little too crazy to throw the space thing in and never really explain the logistics of it. And I also agree that the show could have kind of worked if it was like them on the road with a massive Taylor Swift act. And it's like, we used to be the people for bands like this, and now this is all that's left. Sorry, I was yawning. It wasn't at you. Yeah. I was just tired. They can still love the music, but have it be like so much more commercialized and, you know, corporatized and whatever. that It's a little disconnected. Uh, Finesse Mitchell plays a financial manager who appears in two episodes. Is he just in two? I, I think like he's, he's in three. Maybe. No, he's in a few. He's There's a, a few. bunch where he's not in them at all. He's not a credited main cast. But he's like a guest star and not even like a single build guest star. Yet he made the bus ads. Do you remember in New York they had those buses yeah, that well, were you know why he wrapped in roadies because they he's the only black character on the show. Yep. And they were like, "Look, diversity," and it's like, nope. oh, way, way, way down they've on the got, cast list. Yeah, they've got a black recurring actor, that Keisha Castle Hughes, who is at least. Part, part Maori, yes. Right, yeah. Um, you had Luis Guzman, who's Luis in three Guzman episodes. Luis Guzman shows up occasionally as the bus driver. Gooch! <laughs> uh, he has one episode, I feel like, where he gets to do stuff, which is the Cincinnati episode. Yeah. Also, That's... they don't bring him in for the finale. No. Nope. Which no. seems like an I don't know, maybe oversight. His, maybe his yeah. quote was high. Uh, and then you got Poo. Well, the finale, we needed eight performances by fucking Jackson Brown or whoever yeah. the hell. It wasn't Jackson you know, It was Jackson Brown. No, it was yeah, Jackson, yeah. Jackson Brown. Yeah. Uh, you got Puna, too. Uh yeah, you got Puna. You got I mean, you got the band. I mean, they're played by like a bunch of guys. I don't know. But these, yes, I mean, you know, you got this lady. Joy Williams plays Janine. Janine, the famous Janine, who is inspiration for the hit song Janine, and has a plot line in which exposed all the women on the main cast are nice, but a lot of the like sort of women in the sort of yes outer uh, uh the guest star women are conniving. Yeah. Also. Yeah. Almost everyone in the outer circle is connected. Yeah, that's that is true. I mean, kind. I mean, yeah, I do feel like Cameron Crowe's like all the main characters. What's this their thing going to be? They're going to be nice. Yeah. What else? I don't know. They're nice. <laughs> They're nice people. And so it's like every eight week, someone has to come in and kind of be a dick just for something. But to cartoonishly dick. Yeah, like the, like behave in a way that makes no sense just to have a little bit of story, a little Which bit of tension. Also gets to like the we bought a zoo thing of like some people are in like a Cameron Crowe dramedy and some people are playing to like the rafters. Like you know, you have like Rain Wilson's performance, which is the worst episode of this series, no matter. Oh, like it's unquestionable. Yes. That's the worst character, that's the worst plotline, that's the worst episode, and he's playing it so fucking big. Yeah, well, Rain Wilson's a bad, bad actor. He can be very good. Yeah, he can. You need to direct him well. When's he good? The Come Office. I th- I like think... the good season of The Office, except when he went too big. Right. The good then... season of The Office, yeah. And what else we got? Uh, I thought he was very good in Super. Yes, I like I agree. Super a I lot. Agree, yeah. He's Super's great and almost famous I think... in his yes. <laughs> line. I, I think yeah. no, oh, no, Gal- he's terrible at all those famous. Wait a second, <laughs> Galaxy Quest. Galaxy yeah. Quest is great. Right I mean, I love Galaxy Quest. I love everyone you know, but, comes away from that some, movie talking about Rain Wilson's performance. Yeah, yeah remember, everyone after seeing Galaxy Quest wanted to make it rain. But you remember Juno when it's like <laughs> a thousand comedy I, points I, for that. I'm a big point. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Juno. I can do I that. Too. Right, but the, that first scene of Juno almost derails. The it really movie. like a lot of people. I feel like just get off the train there and they can't get back on. Yeah, you. I feel like you have to. You have to. You have to rein him in. Yeah, Ugh. he's a wild horse that you gotta. I didn't it, even mean that. I, one. But it's true. Yeah. But what was that show he was on where he's like, "I'm a jerk." Backstrom <laughs> solve crimes though. Detective Backstrom. Yeah. Yeah, I think if you let Rain Wilson do what he finds funny, it's it's like it's weird. It's catastrophic. We are all members of Soul Pancake though. 
That is true. I, I just want to um, rip on his weird. But I thought he was excellent Super, where it's clearly James Gunn knew exactly what he wanted. Sh- that's very focused. Yeah. I think when he was good on The Office, he was great. And when he was bad, the show like crumbled. I agree. Because he would get way too big and all reality would like disappear. Yeah, well, he was the weapon they had. And I think they, they used him too much. Especially post Corral, like when oh, well, they leaned on him way too much, it was a nightmare. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I, he was good in Hesher, too. I don't know if you saw Hesher. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, he was good in that, too. He was bad in The Rocker. Didn't see it. Yeah. Um, but but yes, I mean... It's I, called Roadies. It's called Roadies. <laughs> a catastrophic decision to hire him to play this character, a character that was already catastrophically written. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if we can entirely blame Rainy for that one, because it is a bad character. I think he made it worse. Yeah, he did. No, he did. I think he made it so, worse. Just as the way that the great... What's her name? Which Jesus, one? TC14. Lindsay Duncan. Lindsay Duncan. The great Lindsay Duncan did as much as she could with that awful critic character in Birdman. Made it maybe a little better than it could have been. Correct. You know, maybe she, Rain Wilson plays that character. Maybe that's a weirder scene. This is an excellent point. That character is horribly written in Birdman. Right. right. Lindsay Duncan Basically acts so pulls well it across that, the line. that you almost believe that she's an actual human being, despite yeah. everything she's saying being like clearly <laughs> the prop up of like, you know. A filmmaker just being angry and thinking that all critics are, like, soulless sociopaths, right? Right. Rain Wilson, like, fucking takes a balloon they give him and then just adds more and more air into it. Like, he blows it up so much. Here's a thing. Here's a general lesson. And we've now, like, come across this a couple of times. Here's a general lesson. Don't watch roadies. Go ahead. (sighs) David. Gentleman six. A gentleman six. You (laughs) said it. I just thought it'd be funny to say it. Yeah, pal. Um... (laughs) A lesson I think we have learned time and time again, and it's come up even a number of times on this very show. Hey, filmmakers, don't make characters that are critics who hate everything and get off on hating everything because your last movie didn't wasn't well received. Yeah, especially if you had a couple bad reviews recently. Never fucking works. Lady in the Water, fuck you. Birdman, fuck you. Roadies, fuck you. Anytime, any property. Gets into that, mm-hmm. especially when it's a filmmaker who feels spurned by their most recent work. 1998's Godzilla? Yes. Yeah. It is the Achilles heel of that thing, whether or not the thing works on its own. That is always the weakest element. What is the only good depiction of a critic mm-hmm. I can think of in the last 25 years? I don't know. What, Ratatouille. Oh, so good. And why? Be- well, you know, because, because Brad Bird didn't I have mean, an axe to grind. No, he didn't have an axe to grind because he's perfect. Right. He's never, he's never gotten a bad review in his entire life, and why should he? But that movie feels like, exactly, well, Tomorrowland, which we both love, well, but, but it did get bad later. reviews. That, that came, came later. later. Yeah. But I'm saying at that point in time, he had only ever gotten good reviews. He was, in fact, a critic's darling before he was successful True. or acclaimed. True. And that's him trying to deconstruct the way that other movies and TV shows villainize critics into, I get off on hating things. He's going we like- We should do a Brad Bird series. We will 100%. That it's just a matter of like, I feel like we want one more movie before we do Come on, Birdie. Yeah, well, he's working on Incredibles 2. That's not out to like oh, right. 2019 or something. Maybe we'll do it to coincide with Incredibles 2. All right. We'll keep our show going. Oh, yeah. But, but you know what I'm saying? Like that character works because he's like showing like, no, critics do want to like things. Anyway, and it's tough. We're, we're way yes. off topic. Jesus the, the Christ. The fucking Newman it's... character played by Rain Wilson is like disastrous. Bryce and that Newman. episode, he comes in and it's like, this doesn't make sense. His role within the music scene doesn't make sense. No, no. There's well, no one with that much power no. in the yeah. music industry. All right. Okay, so I guess let's just leap ahead because whatever. I was setting up the show, but there's nothing to set up. They're abandoned. There's stuff happening. Shit we'll get to stuff. So Lots one, of one sexual th- tension. One thing that happens is yeah. a blogger. Yeah. A blogger. You guys heard of those? Remember those things from 2008? And it's not like he... Well, he says he's not a blogger. 
Yeah. He goes in that dumb speech about, like, a blogger is one who types their words. I'm the this and the that and the fucking whatever. A music blogger. Yes. I guess he's supposed to be, like, pitchfork. I don't know what he's but supposed, supposed to be. But he's supposed to be one person I, no, who is I so... I understand. In, yeah, I mean, it I makes no sense. It the closest make... thing I would think is Bob Lefsitz. Lefsitz. Who like writes a month like a weekly Never heard letter? Of him. Really? He, yeah, but he I writes a weekly letter. He he writes like about the music industry, but also like other stuff, and like it's a well-read thing. But okay. I also feel like he his thing. He's like also Cameron Crowe's age, and is always like, old music was great. Like uh, so, I feel like it's not him no, because this guy's hit on the State and House Band is that they're dad rock. Boom! He nailed him. But that they they're crumbling. That they used to be good. <laughs> I guess so. Like he he implies that he used to like them, which is like it doesn't make sense. It feels like they're either the kind of band that he would view as like shitty pablum from the get go. You, I say, without ever having heard their music, <laughs> right. but the way they're presented on the show, or the show is supposed to like show that they're like Arcade Fire and they're like critical darlings or whatever the fuck it is. But like, there's no guy like this who like. I mean, even the Lefitz guy you mentioned, I haven't fucking heard of him. You know, I'm sure he's like influential and well-read, but this show presents him as, like, as goes Newman, so goes the nation. Yeah. Like, like, they get yeah. the email and they're like, fuck, our tour is ruined. Right. Newman trashed There's us. There's no person with that power. Right. No pitchfork doesn't have that power. Right. He's trying to make him, like, a Lance Bangs figure, but even Lance yeah. Bangs was known for being an underground figure at the time. No one buys music anymore. It's like, what right. the fuck is this even yeah, about? Are people not gonna go to the tour now? Like, yeah. I don't... It doesn't matter. So... They read this bad review in which he called them dad rock. And right. after 20 after minutes of Luke Wilson crying. After watching a YouTube video. Yeah, after yeah. watching. Right, he watched a YouTube video of fucking time. Doesn't right. go see them. They're yes. mad. And so they- Furious. Th- they're like, Nay, furious. You know how to deal with this? We're going to ignore it and not care about it. No, that's not what they do. <laughs> they say, let's invite him to the show. Right. Roll out the red carpet for him. Accidentally get him drunk and drugged. Well, then they they gets, put weed in his cappuccino, and then he has, a lady has sex with a crazy person has sex with him. Right, their stalker, uh, like the stalker, obsessive. What's her name? I forget. Who Natalie comes, the wife something? Yeah, Natalie Shane. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah, she's played by Jacqueline Byers. Uh, and then he's gonna like humiliate himself on stage and admit like. I'm not a critic, like, I'm a loser. He I don't gets know, on stage yeah. naked <laughs> yeah. and is like, I listen to dad rock, I yeah. love it. And then yeah. when cool people pull up, I change the station to hip hop. Yeah. <laughs> Which makes me think, like, someone, like, I guess. Someone yeah. really must have pissed off Cameron Crowe. Like, yeah, some blogger That's really. The with all these Did someone make fun characters. of his liner notes? Like, yeah. is it like, was it some, like, what happened? The thing I don't like about all these critic characters when people uh, create them is they always make them sound like they're disingenuous. Or they're lying to themselves. And it's like the Birdman woman has an axe to grind where she's like, I haven't even seen it. I know I hate it because I don't like big famous actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's and like, th- yeah. this guy's like, I'm going to trash the music that I think I'm supposed to not like, but secretly I like all that music. Right. You know, it's like presenting them all as being insincere. And it's like, yeah, but Kim McCrow, you loved critics after Jerry Maguire. Yeah, no. You know? He's full of shit. And he was a rock writer. He was a right. critic. He yeah. was a fucking cultural now, critic. The other thing about this, and I'll use this to segue into my next point, yeah. is that the show kind of treats all of this like it's like some cute misadventure, right? It's like, oh, he got like drugged against his will and sort of sexually assaulted. Yeah. Like, ha ha ha, ha you know, like, ah, he deserved it. All in a night's roadieing. Right. You know, and um the show's on showtime. Yeah. So you can say fuck. Yeah. And you can have a parable. Breasts. Yeah, you can show Rain Wilson's butchies. Yeah, you know, you can do it all. Fat, fat And I feel like sometimes, I don't know, you know, you used to hear back in the day that these premium networks would be like, 
can we uh, get some nudity in here? You know, whatever. Yeah. Like, just anything. Just do it, you know? Which Rhodes does, like, four minutes into episode one. Yeah, I wanted to well, talk that's about what, this, Well, that's too. what I wanted to segue okay. to. So, and it feels like Cameron Crowe is either obeying this, or more likely, I would guess, he's trying to be cool. Like, almost, you know, he's, like, trying to be kind of edgy and gross, and it comes off so badly. So badly. And it it's also- It's the worst thing about the show. Yes. And this show does a thing I hate, which is like all the sort of young groupie type women they meet or like the women that Luke Wilson sleeps with are all all of these sort of peripheral young millennial characters who are usually the ones who end up showing nudity on the show yep. are all presented as so stupid and vapid. Like so idiotic. Right. Any, any so millennial. So idiotic that they would sleep with Luke Wilson, <laughs> which I'm sorry, but no way. And I, I like, I hate the way the characters are written, and then they also were cast and played by actors who are clearly making fun of the characters they're playing, which is a big pet peeve of mine. Like, when they're stupid characters and things, I like when people play stupid characters affectionately, but when I feel like the actor is mocking the character they're playing, it grosses me out. Yeah. And, like, this show does a lot of that, where, like, that fucking opening scene is, like, Carla Gugino, like, storms into the room. This is Luke the Wilson. worst. And it is the worst. It's yes. the high point of badness, except for the gross, weird Rain Wilson stuff. Yeah. The pilot is very bad. The pilot's the pilot really is fucking so tough. bad. I mean, yeah. there's... And this is the thing. I feel like these days networks... And so I have gotten emails from network people uh-huh. where they're like, you know, I know the pilot's really bad, but just watch, you know, a few more. Like, they'll say to me, like, yeah. I know it starts out bad. You can't do that. You can, people won't watch the show, especially something like this. Well, he, but here's on a Netflix yes. or an Amazon or whatever, where it's like you can, you know, the queue up the next episode kind of automatically. Sure. Yeah, maybe. But this like premiered on a Sunday night. You know, people might tune in. They'd be like, "This that was shitty. I'm not gonna watch that again." I mean, doing pilots is rough because you don't really understand like what you're doing until after you've done it to a degree, right? Are you speaking from experience? Yeah, <laughs> maybe some. As someone who's done like a lot of pilots, you know, like. Uh, uh, and if if things come together well, there's like a chance, you know, there's an element of luck on your side. And like, realistically, you want your pilot to be your worst episode you ever do. You just don't want your pilot to be bad. Right. But you want to be able to like hit the ground running from there on out. Um, it is different, like a binge culture where it's like, I mean, with a Netflix show, certainly they're mapping out the whole season from the get go. They're not filming right. the pilot beforehand. So like the pilot is just part one of a 10 part series like they you know can make it a cohesive thing rather than like having to like do the one you put all the pressure on like as a pilot you're not just like creating a show reel for audience members but you're creating a show reel for like the network to pick it up so you have to like promise a lot of shit and like overstuff it to like get people on board right um so I, I like when you're saying like you can't really do that it's like well I mean it, this, like that's a remnant of like the studio system where it's like, the network system where it's like, it's hard to fucking make a pilot good. That having been said, this pilot's notably bad. That having been said, yep. uh, notably, uh, this pilot was shot with Christina Hendricks um, playing the Carla Gugino role. Really? I didn't know that. Wow. Yes. That's interesting. And, and they got rid of her? Yeah. Why? Which was very bizarre. And it was like, the show's going in a different direction. And then I read an interview with Cameron Crowe when the show premiered, and they said, what happened with Christina Hendricks? And he went, look, it was just like as the show was going, we just realized she wasn't fitting with the tone of the show anymore. I think she's an incredible actress. It really bummed me out. I'm definitely going to work with her again. I thought she was incredible. You wonder how much of that has been. But it did sound like, you know, Gugino fits very well in this role. Yes. I also would see Christina Hendricks fitting well in this role. I can't see how she wouldn't fit in. Because there is no dimensionality to the role, and basically it's just you kind of have to be... 
kind of charming. Both of them are charming actresses. And and are serious-minded and, and are believable here's, as professional people who can get things done. Right, they have the authority character. on screen, I was going to say. Here's the character. Yeah. She's like the mommy, I guess, and she's yeah. just sort of like <sighs> knowing smile. Tilt of the head. But that's also nod. all Luke Wilson does in this show. Is no. He's either like slightly grimacing if I, he's upset. Excuse me, did you just imply that Luke Wilson does something on this show? I think he Luke Wilson not, is No, do not charming. defend him. Luke, ben, Ben, I need you. Yeah. How's Luke Wilson on the show? I, he's just nothing. I don't know. Also, I, I think love this idea that I could like it. It's like Marvel versus Capcom. I can like suddenly Ben will swing in. Okay, can I set up a new role though? If you want Ben to back you up, you have to do it by whispering Enchantress. <laughs> Enchantress. Okay, cool. Forgot about While that. you're sleeping. Yeah, yeah. Enchantress. Um, I, uh, I didn't I, like his bath. <laughs> Suicide Squad? Yeah. Suicide Squad, though. Yeah. Um, I, the That kind of makes sense that the pilot is as disastrous as it is. Yeah. Because I even, I mean, they shot the pilot, like, I want to say, like, two years ago. I remember auditioning for it a while ago. Mm. Wow. Okay. Um, I believe it. And and then there was the reshoots, which happened, like, after the fact, and then I think it took me a while to do the season, and the season was on the shelf for a little while. Like, the whole show was was a long process. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that explains a little bit about why the pilot is so disjointed, because they had to reshoot, like, 50% of it. Yeah, but I mean, I don't even think the problem with the pilot is that, although I know what you're talking about. I mean, it's more just what I'm talking about, which is like, there's no strong premise. No. There's no real hook for why you'd want to watch more of this. None of the characters are compelling in the pilot episode. No. And in fact, most of them are off-putting in the pilot episode. It ends with a montage of famous movies. Which Aloha he's already again. done twice. And he did and it in Vanilla Sky, too. And he did fucking Vanilla Sky that does not make any sense like even in the tenuous plotting of the show, and you're supposed to believe that like that montage is indicative of ha- her skills as a filmmaker, which are so strong that Spike Lee himself offered her a full scholarship. Yeah, because she's to watched movies school. and taken clips from them. Right, she re-edits clips from other shit. Great. Spike Lee wants her to go to NYU really badly. Spike Lee? They say that yeah. at one point that Spike Lee's been leaving. I think I heard it as Spike Jones, and I just didn't re- put put that together. She got a Spike Lee scholarship, <laughs> and they say at one point after she doesn't show up to school that she's like, I've been getting voicemails from Spike Lee asking where I am. Yeah, Spike Lee's thirsty. Yeah. 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 Thirst trap. Yep. Kellyanne. Yeah. Um, Imogen Poots, a darling. I love her. A lovely. A lovely actress. Um not not given enough to do. I think, you know, I, I look, he cast a bunch of very good actors, right? People who have, like, me and Pateo's chops, but also all are sort of naturally charismatic in the main cast of the show. Yes. And I think a lot of this show is about sort of the communal interaction thing. All the characters are two-dimensional, unquestionably, right? There is no fully realized character on this show. There is, yeah, I was going to take issue with the fact that you're saying all of them are two-dimensional. Some of them have two Some of them are one-dimensional. Yes, yes, and some are zero-dimensional. Yes. But I'm saying the most well-developed characters on this show are two-dimensional. Definitely. And I would say probably Rafe Spall and Imogen Poots' characters. Are the most developed? I, probably, right? Would you say? I don't know. Who else would you but put But even they kind of shift from they episode do. to episode. Oh, they do. I, see, I think Luke Wilson's character is kind of well-developed. There, there's no. W- 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 tell me one thing about his character. I think he's the, an older guy who can't stop fucking up and fucking around. Yeah, I think and he's got to learn his lesson, which is sleep with the most wonderful woman in the world who works with you. She is wonderful. Like the show thinks it can wring a ten episode arc out of Will They Won't They with Luke and Carla. But I like that they do in episode five. You do? Yeah. 
but then that it, they don't do ten episodes of Will They Won't. Yes, they? they do though. They somehow turn it into ten episodes because they do in t- in five. But then there's like, uh oh, she's married. Uh, I don't know. What are we gonna? They're I, doing I'm, a lot of desk. I'm flashing my hands because it's like the show is trying to lift its hands up, and then it's just like, eh, it's too tired. No, see, I like that they just get it over with, and then like, yeah, get it over with five hours in. Yeah, just get hey, it over David, with. you try to load in and load out for a concert. <laughs> They're tired. <laughs> they should be sleeping together, like, in episode one, or married, or whatever. Like, they're yeah. a good team. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't care about them getting together or not. I assume they will. Like, right. there's no tension to it. Literally in the first episode, that we don't get any, like, them, like, having a connection. We just no. get Finesse Mitchell being like, there's something going on between uh, you two. Uh, <laughs> in the first- Which is the, the first, most he gets to do in the show. In the whole show. In, in the yeah. first scene, and I think we, we touched on it, but we didn't exactly, like, Luke Wilson is having sex with a young Asian woman with- Pierce nipples. Right. Who is very stupid. And the camera, like, can't stop staring at her nipples. Yep. And Carla walks in on them. I'm not going to use their character names. Carla Gugino. She's in the bathroom, the girl he was fucking. Carla Gugino walks in and is like, red alert, can we talk? And Luke Wilson's like, oh, I don't know, right now is not. And then she just- That was really good. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty good. Thank you. when you watch this, you kind of remember, like, yeah, he's Owen Wilson's brother. They really do sound alike. They I mean, sound more so, so much alike. Yeah, yeah. even though before. they don't really look alike. I mean, yeah. obviously there's a resemblance, but, like, you know, they're very different looking people, but they really sound alike. I gotta, I guess I should just, like, full disclosure. I'm, like, way in the pocket for Luke Wilson. I always, I felt no. that he was the most underrated guy of that group, of the sort of slack pack. I, I don't appreciate it. Scene. Oh, wow. I love Luke Wilson. Yeah. Love Luke Wilson. Yeah. He's Great in other things. Not this. <laughs> I think he's very. I think they that. wanted I would have nominated for an Oscar for an, two Emmys at least. What were the Enlightened? So good on. Oh, Enlightened. I haven't watched Enlightened. Incredible performance. And you would again in Best Supporting Actor for Royal Tenenbaums? No, for the Verizon ads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the Verizon ads where you're just like, did someone add another face of poundage to his face? Like his face suddenly got so fat. Well, see, I kind of like his look now because it was like he used to be really, really handsome, right, when he was young. And then Verizon yeah, ads, yeah. it was like, oh, he's been injecting, like, vodka under his skin. <laughs> like, he cut slits into his face and has been pouring vodka directly uh, under uh, his uh, skin. Verizon, look at the map. So <laughs> much red. Right. <laughs> like, what was even his bit on the Yeah. Verizon? And now I like that he, he like, kind of got it back together. I think he kicked the bottle, and he looks, like, just a little worn out. Like, he looks like a worn-out, handsome guy. He looks like a roadie. He looks, he like, looks a roadie. like someone who conceivably did this for 20 years. Yeah, you know? and I think that history of the character kind of works where it's like he was a guy who got by on his charm for a very long time. Like, he was friends with the band. Everyone loved him, and he was kind of a fuck-up, and everyone knew he was an alcoholic, and when he sees everyone, they're like, wow, we had some crazy times. You're not still drinking, are you? <laughs> like, they immediately are kind of like, you were the best. Please tell me you're not doing that anymore. Like, it, they realize that- You look that, good, like, Bill. That, right, that was- <laughs> You look good. Uh, that it wasn't sustainable, and he's now like trying to figure out how to be an adult, like still kind of in slow motion. You know, yes. he's got the heart, he's got the head. Yeah. How he's... old? How old do you think Luke Wilson is now? In real life? Yeah. Forty three. Uh, forty four. Hey, pretty good. Pretty good. How old's Owen Wilson? Older or younger? Hmm, that's a good question. Right? Actually, this can be a little game. Does anyone want to tell me how old Owen Wilson is? I'm gonna say forty one. I'm going to guess 46. And then the third 39. one is Andrew, right? Yeah. There's Andrew. I think he's the oldest. I think he's like 48. I think so, too. A lot of numbers <laughs> being thrown out there, but you know what's not None working. of them are comedy points. The <laughs> Wi-Fi. All right, we'll get back to Owen Wilson. Yeah, Keep 15 talking. comedy points to the Wi-Fi network here. 
Um, oh, he's 47, Owen Wilson. Hey. Wow. So he's older. Wow. I was one that's year pretty off old. On both. Yeah. Pretty old for Owen Wilson. Yeah, right? that's pretty old for Andrew Owen Wilson. Andrew Wilson, 52. Wow. Yeah. I was way off. So yeah. Luke was the baby. Yeah. All right. You know what's kind of crazy is that uh, Ron White uh, on this show, they present him as like such a veteran, the old timer. Do you know how old he is? Uh, I don't know. 59. <laughs> really? Yeah. He looks older. Yeah. <laughs> Good yeah. for. Good for him? <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't know what to say. I mean, my dad is, like, I think five years older than Ron White now, and my dad, if he had a heart attack on a Showtime original series, they'd be like, that guy looks too young to have a heart attack. <laughs> and, like, with Ron White, with, like, Phil's character on this show, you're just like, Jesus, I can't believe it didn't happen earlier. So we're jumping all around, but I just yeah. want to... Well, I guess we finished on the stupid sex scene at the beginning. Of it. It's just a bad... It's off to a bad Oh, story. she well, storms in, and she's like, I talked to you about something, and then from... The bathroom, the pierced nipple lady goes like, oh my God, I came so hard. The show has such a weird way of talking about sex and sharing sex. And it's also just like, it was like the first episode, it's like, look at these tits. And then like later in the episode, you see more. And then Yeah, there's another Yeah, there are total four tits in the first episode. uh, What's the stalker deep throats a microphone in the first episode. Which is a really horrible scene. And she also sticks in between her legs. I believe so. She does a sexy dance with a microphone, essentially. But then the moment Rain Wilson gets naked, they're like, no, don't show his dick. Like, we just got to show his butt. You see a lot of his butt. I don't want to see his dick. I, I want to see Rain Wilson's dick out if, of curiosity. If he's got a nice dick, I'll see it. But no, it just it like goes through comically hysterical links to like hide yes. it. Like he's just yeah. like oh, there's yeah. like a person in yeah. front they, of him. They do like, the spy who shagged me credits. Yeah, they, it was yeah, like, yeah, they do. They do. There's, so, there's a, a rabbi and, and a priest, and they're like breaking some bread. <laughs> like I mean, if you're gonna make him this guy, like just like give him a fake like tiny dick, like really just right. like top it off Lean and be into like, it. yeah. Uh, it's very bizarre, and then the tits kind of go away like as the season goes on. It yeah, really there's feel- not really much more sex or nudity in the show. But you get Carla's that. like weird phone sex thing. Yes, yeah, you do. That whole episode where she like hugs a guy and is like, "Ooh, if only I could have sex." I yeah. did. Yeah. I see. That's I there's do. That, that, I guess it's episode five is the yes. one that starts with her supermoon watching. Yeah, yeah, is which it, makes everyone horny, as as we all yep. know. Yeah, it's fucking. It's another Vanity Fair article he read probably. <laughs> Supermoons make people horny. Yeah, great. Put it in roadies. <laughs> Gonna have a whole episode. Uh, I, I kind of like the structure of that episode where it's like, oh boy, her husband, uh, she hasn't seen him in a while. She's getting real horny, Supermoon, and then you think she's going to hook up with one of the two cute guys, the l- cute little boys, right? and then sneak out. Yeah. Bill. Yeah, she Did you really think she was Luke gonna? I thought yeah. I was all yeah. in on Luke. It was I, like I was this like, is time. On. I didn't think she was gonna hook up with Luke in that episode. I thought that was they were saved for later in the season. Nah, nah, I was like, all right, get it over with already. Jesus. News radio, the greatest television show ever made. Do you agree? Uh, I think it's way up there. I saw you tweet that recently. You, you're best. now on a kick. You've put News Radio up to number one, guys. I've I don't never, know. It's I've the never best. seen it. I, I'm just kidding. Oh, it's you great. would love the news problem radio. with News Radio is it's not it's not easily watchable on the streaming medias right now. It used to be on Hulu, but it's gone. Yeah, Sucks. and I remember for a while it was on Crackle, but they'd only have like five random episodes yeah, at right. any time from across different seasons. Um, Crackle still exists. Oh, oh baby, excuse me, Crackle's new show startup with Adam Brody. Next week or something. I can't remember. <laughs> They're crackling. They got a bunch of new not, crackle originals. Let me tell you, they are not crackling. Crackling, uh, baby. Um, so, uh, what was I talking about? Totally. Oh, News Radio. Yeah. In the first episode of News Radio, Dave Foley and Maura Tierney, or maybe it's the second episode, actually. News Radio is together. a perfect pilot. Yeah. Yeah. And and then there you go. Now yeah. we can move on and deal with their relationship or not. And, like, you know, great. Not just like, 
huh, you think the two hot leads of the show are going to make out? Like, you know, what a I mystery. I agree that in a post-Sam and Diane world, no one needs to do the Sam and Dina- Diane dynamic anymore, right? Yeah, but like, man, I it I fall hard for TV show romances. Yeah, like too. Nick and Jess hard. and New Girl was a yeah. big one for me. me that too. first kiss, Jim and Pam, Nick Jim and, and Pam, Jess. Yep. Nick and Jess was the greatest. Love oh, yeah. Nick and Jess. But here's what I liked about Nick and Jess: they didn't really do a lot of like hinting about it. You know, it they, just kind of happened. They knew you were thinking about it, obviously, because they're the two hot leads, right? But like, but they, they also positioned uh, Schmidt for a little while they because Schmidt he's for a little the bit. Like, yeah, you know. They kind of just had them have fun, sexy adventures. They, yeah. You know, both of them had romances and stuff. Yeah. And then there's just that episode. The whole I think New Girl season two is a fucking work of genius. P.S. No one talks about New Agreed. Girl anymore. I agree. Like, I love New Girl. And yeah. like, you know, the whole second season, Nick is crazy. He does all this weird shit. There are all these episodes where he does weird shit. There's yeah. that whole episode where he talks to the Vietnamese man on the bench. <laughs> yeah. And then like midway through, he makes out with her like out of kind of out of nowhere. Right. Which, that's a great scene. It yeah. is. It's incredible. And you're just like, oh, sh- of course. Like, yeah. he fell in love with his roommate. Like, that's why he was so crazy. Like, it's it's well done because it's kind of more like how that would be. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't be they would get stuck in an elevator and like, oh, her shirt would fall off. I don't know. Like, whatever. Like, they'd uh, have to yeah. remove their clothes in front of each other all the time. I Like, what you know, all the sort of sitcom-y tricks you do. I'll tell you what I think is the best execution of the will they, won't they, the last 10 years in television. Uh, yeah. Uh, Britta and Jeff. Oh yeah, in community one hundred percent. Britta and Jeff is, but it's all Dan Harmony, and he's making fun of it. I mean, I I, I, I think, love it. I it's think it's great. great that it's like they set it up, then you think they've forgotten about it, and right. a season and then it's later like it's they like they've been fucking the for whole time. Ages. Yeah. yeah, that's my favorite show of all time. Yeah, I just think they Good deal show. with that perfectly. Yeah. I am a sucker for it. I mean, it's like a fucking storytelling show. We're we're failing to talk about the fact that this show has two separate will they won't they things going on at the same time. Yeah, we mean Poots and Rafe. Yeah, Rafe Poots, Reg and Kellyanne, <laughs> Red Red Gian, Red Relianne. Ra- Rafe Poots does sound <laughs> like Rafe Poots sounds like something you get after eating too much red meat. <laughs> oh my god! Oh. I have to say, Poots. like I did, I only knew him as a terrible person in Prometheus, and I was oh, yeah. on board after the show for Rafe's Ball. He's, he is my I new favorite. Him. He's he, also in all the Edgar Wright movies. Yeah, he oh, kind right, of, right, right. Yeah. he'll either play terrible people, or he'll play sort of Hugh Granty, you know, sort of fumbling Brit types. Yeah. You know, and he's good at both. I think he's good in the show. I also think the show doesn't do right by him because they pick one or the other per episode. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, they switch well, very hard between, like, he's the crass commercial, like, shark. Well, because he's the only he's member a- of the cast who disagrees with anything that's right. happening. Like, everyone else is on board. But sometimes he disagrees in sort of an, yeah. uh, an oblivious doofus kind of way where it's like, you can still find him charming because he's Hugh Granty and he's just not from their world and he doesn't get it yet. And sometimes he's like, I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm cutting this off at, like, you know, did you at see, the next. Did you see the BFG? Yeah. He's in that. He's really fun in that. He is. He's just him very... and Hall, Rebecca Hall. Yeah, are very cute because you're like immediately like, oh well, these two are in love. Yeah, you know, like even and they do it very subtly. I know, even though they're like the secretaries to the queen yeah. or whatever. Be like, nah, I, I get it. I get it. These two are hot. Ray Small is like kind of other. one of my secret favorite actors. Actor. Like I always love him, and I went to see, uh, um, uh, what was it called? Uh, Betrayal. On Broadway? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mostly because of him. Pinta play? Yeah, because everyone was going for it's all backwards Vice like. and Craig, who, I, you know, I like both of them quite a bit. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I was like, I really want to see Rafe Spall Vice on and Broadway. Craig. You know, it's, uh, it's on- Rachel Vice it's on TNT. and Daniel Craig. No, it's on TNT. Vice you know, and Craig. One of them's a tomboy. One of them's a girly girl. Yeah. Vice and Craig. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think my mom watches that show. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's in its um, 18th season. 
But but so yeah, I mean, I like this whole cast. There are a lot of my sort of favorite underappreciated actors are in the cast of the show, or I knew were making guest appearances or whatever it was. So Poots, it's got to be on that list. Gugino Wilson, Gugino obviously, but Gugino. It's like every great director has to have his chance to not use her right. Like, you know, it's like she's the most badly used actress in Hollywood. But can I say this? And I think it's partly sexism. It's her age and stuff. So she sort of gets punted down to like a sort of a second tier of projects but or whatever. But she works so much. Oh, tons. And in a way, she kind of has my dream career. She's got a nice career. Like she's someone I think about where it's like her fame's never become overwhelming. No. But she just works all the time in like a variety of different types of projects. So she gets to flex a lot of different muscles because she had her run of like she was like in all those shitty like family comedy. Like she did the fucking night at the museum and Mr. Popper's Penguin. Oh, she's done all that. You know, for like older, like not older, but like she's in Spy Kids. Right. All three Spy Kids. Right. Uh, you know, well, she- I think of her as more of a TV actress. I feel like she got failed on TV. Yeah. So she was. She deserved a better TV show. I mean, give you- Karen Sisko. Yeah, well, Karen Sisko is the one that they fucked up. I mean, that right. should have been that should have been her show. Like, that ran. And everyone agreed that it was, it was like, oh, here's show. her moment. Yeah, I so- saw her the other day. That's all I have to contribute to this. Wow, <laughs> what was she doing? Uh, going to the Tonight like- Show. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh, to talk roadies. I think so. Must be, maybe right? it was like a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, Spin City. She uh-huh. was on Spin City oh, in the first show. season. They wrote her off, right? Because they didn't want Michael J. Fox to have a girlfriend, right? She was then on Chicago Hope for a year. They wrote her off. I don't know why. I didn't watch Chicago Hope. She was on Karen Sisko. That didn't work out. She was on Threshold. Do you remember Threshold? Dinklage, Charles Dinklage, Dutton. Charles Dutton, Brian Van Holt, who is okay. Yeah. Brent Spiner. Yes. I mean, it was like a crazy cast. A couple of my favorite people there. Yeah. Aliens. Yeah. Like there's tentacle aliens taking yeah. over the world and they got to stop them. Dinklage, Spiner, they've got them all. But it like didn't exist. It was it was one of the post Lost shows. It was oh five, you know. Right. So it's the second season of Lost, and it was when every other network it was on CBS, which right. is objectively insane. The wrong network. Yeah, order. and that was when uh, ABC had the show called I think it was called Invasion. That was about yes. William Fickner in like a post Katrina swamp, uh-huh. being taken over by aliens. Brilliant show. Completely no one knew to make of it. I love that year. I just remember when everyone's like, no, weird sci-fi. We're doing this for a year. I remember at that time flipping through the channels and seeing the opening of uh, Threshold mm-hmm. with the cast list and going like, wait, there's a Carla Gugino, Charles S. Dutton, Peter Dinklage show on television, and I don't know about it. No one knew like, about th- it. But the marketing has objectively failed. Yeah. yeah. If I don't know about this show, uh, and then of course political animals. Well, before which political animals, didn't have enough. She was on animals. Entourage for years. In I just had. I, I was eager. I wanted yes, to get to the joke on, about me not having enough dialogue on political animals. She was on political animals. Yes, I played her assistant. She played. She's in Wayward Pines, the oh, M Night right. Shyamalan show. Yeah, which I believe is coming back. Twin Maybe Peaks. She, she's on Twin Peaks. No, I'm just making a Wayward oh, yeah. Pines <laughs> oh, is Twin Peaks joke. Yes, yes. indeed. Uh, I think she's on season two of Wayward Pines. So Wayward Pines is coming back. It is coming back. Yeah. Also, literally everyone is in Twin Peaks, the revival. So it's possible that she's also in it. Yeah. Eddie yeah. Vedder is in it. Yeah. And uh, isn't fucking uh, uh, Sky Ferreira in it? Yeah. I was using Eddie Vedder as a way to tie it back to <laughs> Rowdy. So. Oh, very smart. Uh, Gagina rules. Um, yeah, she's amazing. She rules. Yeah. She's great in Watchmen, which is a. Pretty terrible movie. Yeah, you know who she should have played in that movie? Both. Everyone. Both. Modern both. day Silk Yes. Yeah, 100%. Like, she was the best characters. possible person to play. I mean, 
I don't even want to get into Watchmen and like the fucking that you idiotic. guys should do. No. We'll do Snyder. We will 100 percent do Snyder Wait, someday. That's 2021. We're doing it then. I'm pitching it. It's a waste from now. I don't want to do that <laughs> shit. I'll do. I'll do it if we only do Gahul. Yeah, every episode, and it'll be called Snide Kids because <laughs> we're the kids who talk Snide. <laughs> Ow. Uh, how do we even get on with this? I think Carla Gugino has a perfect career. I think we did wrong by her, but I think she also like still has a sense of anonymity and gets to do a lot of interesting work. It does Broadway and does TV and does movies and does things of different sizes. I think you know she doesn't get. Uh, uh, oh, she's also done three movies with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Is that right? Is she in a journey? She's in one of the journeys. I don't think she's in a journey. She's in Race to Which Mountain or Escape <laughs> to Which Mountain, and she's in San Andreas, of course. Which gets oh, of course, yeah, yes, and faint praise awards for age-appropriate love interest. Yeah, very much so. And she's got one other rock movie that I'm forgetting right now. I think maybe she's in Faster. She is in Faster. Yeah, Good call. Thank you. Yeah, of course she's in Sin City back in the day. Yeah, uh, as topless Carla. parole officer, topless gay parole officer. Yeah. Any she's other in, credits we want to list? She's in Welcome <laughs> yeah. Home. Let's, what she's is in the rest Welcome of this Home. Episode? Roxy Carmichael is young Roxy Carmichael. Was she Troop Beverly Hills? Wasn't she? Uh, one of the kids in Troop Beverly Hills? Yeah, she's Chica. This is this is the rest of the episode. Ben, how long have we been going for? I'm sorry, Enchantress. Ah! How, uh, how, how long have we been going for? Hour and 22 minutes. Okay, cool. Uh, the, what was I going to say? I even forget what we like sidebarred off of here. Uh, I think most of the characters... We're the just show, talking about each character? Yeah. Yeah, talking about Gugino. Most of the characters are two-dimensional at best, but it's a lot of actors who I find very charming, and I think collectively, the scenes where it's everyone kind of together, there's a decent energy to it. Yeah. Because, uh, I, I don't know, I, th- I think uh, Cameron Crowe's strength has always been when he's good at chemistry. Sure. At capturing... I mean, that's a strength. Of, right. Be a strength of his, for you know? sure. Yeah. Capturing chemistry. And there are moments where everyone's sitting around and talking where there's just sort of a very easygoing, loose nature to the history of these characters that I really like. And by but, far the best episode is the one where they're just listening to him talk about Skinner. No question. Yes, I agree that that's ab- the best episode. Are we getting there? Way, yeah. yeah that's, that episode works. doesn't have any of the cast in it or have much to do with the actual show, which helps. But it, like, it kind of ex- it, it's like you see the vision for a better show in yeah. that of just like set in the past rock, rock guys yeah. so that's the eighth episode it's called the all night bus ride uh-huh. i think there are two good episodes in this show that would be my in this season i'd say like five and five but okay which what was your other one that you like? i think the cincinnati episode is pretty cute and basically works it is a functional episode of television i say this is a tv critic who has seen a lot of tv yeah, and they're gonna pull rank on it. <laughs> I am. Okay, I don't. Th- and then I think the all night bus ride's pretty good, which is the Skinner, which is basically really Ron like White episode. shows up yeah. and he's like, "Let me tell you about Leonard Skinner, you know, and Van Zant and all these guys." Great. Yeah, and I was like, I know the history of Skinner, and I still was kind of touched at the end when Van Zant died. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, right." And he yeah. nails that scene. Yeah. I mean, Ron White really brings it home. Yeah. It's the, also, yeah. it's interesting because I would say, uh, just to bring it back to vinyl. Uh huh. One thing, vinyl. You're doing the eye twitch from uh, the tick right now. Yeah. Uh, one thing, I'm vinyl. Tired. Yeah. <laughs> and I haven't eaten enough. <laughs> yeah. One thing, vinyl did that was a tough thing to do was have people play either actual celebrities from the past or like celebrity yes. type, and you're just like. Well, that's not Robert Plant. Now I'm right. just out of this scene. Like I can't, or what? You know, like that's I can't, this sucks. Like fun fact, I, I know that guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, he he had a tough challenge. Yeah. To uh, and then in this, this that's the only time they do it. They have someone play a fictional 
musician. Yeah. I mean, I have... He does a decent job. He does a good job. And it also helps that it's in the past, so it's kind of like a memory play. I mean, that's always like a difficult thing where it's like when you get to a show like this, it's like, okay, so what are your like three options? Do you have like people play like fictional musicians? Sure. It always kind of feels wrong. Right. Right? Especially like in the Stanton House Band stuff. Doesn't feel doesn't real really either. Yeah. yeah, and it's like even just their physicality where they're on stage feels a little too studied and affected. You never hear the songs. It's impossible to like write a fake band and successfully make it like they're supposed to be great or they're supposed to be terrible. Although I'll argue that the only per- one of the only pe- people who've done it successfully is Cameron Crowe. Stillwater is a great yes. fake band. Stillwater is a good fake band. Yeah. Although you definitely sometimes are thinking like, so this is like. Who is this? Well, is this they're, supposed to be? Right. You know, like, I but think the problem with fictional bands is you're trying to figure out, like, right. map it onto who they are. But Except Stillwater, for in That Thing You Do, which is the best movie oh, ever. That's, you're right. That's, that's actually the best call. one. That's a good call. It's good when it's just a very obvious type of music. Right. Yes. You know, and it doesn't have to be a particular band, just a wave of music, like a British Invasion or whatever, you know? Well, and here's the other thing with That Thing You Do. It's their one-hit wonder. So you only have yes. to do one song. Yes. And that one song was perfect. You got like, to nail the song. That one song. They nailed the song. Right. And the band is sort of so accidental where they're not ready for anything that they don't have to pitch it as like they're a great band no. or they're a terrible band. They're sort of caught up in a whirlwind. What the, a cute movie. That's so it's good. The music movie. was written by the guy from Fountains of Wayne yeah. who uh, grew up very near where I grew up in New Jersey. Oh, did you know Stacy's mom? I did not, but I used to go to the Fountains of Wayne, which was an actual store that sold fountains. Cool. That's did a you get any fountains? Fun. My dad did one time purchase a bird fountain. Did you ever see the store fountains of Wayne eating a burger? Because that'd be a good burger report. Ooh, no. <laughs> uh, what do you want to say, Griffin? I'm no, sorry. I'm just I'm bummed out to hear that you didn't know Stacy's mom because I want to. I've been trying to get confirmation as to whether or not she had it going on, but that's <laughs> I don't know. I'll make a few calls. I'll see what okay, I can. Cool. Uh, you know, turn I've just up. been trying to get to the bottom of that one for yeah. years. No, sure. Uh, I'll yeah, I'll I'll ask yeah. around because she's all I want. I've waited for so long. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Can I God. hand out comedy points? And no, not, not for that. I won't. I won't let you give me comedy points. If you tried to give him comedy points for that, they would like kind of repel, like he was a <laughs> magnet, you know. <laughs> but then I could catch them. They could be mine again. They would well, bend well, backwards. Yeah. You're getting really. This is. You're getting yeah, power I've mad. I've thought about yeah, this I, a yeah. lot. It's funny. We. we I, I. I love that people picked up on Andy. You know, giving you comedy yeah. points on Fox. So I was on- also I've been given comedy points by Ale. Yes, and I, maybe I don't think I've met the other members of this. Oh, party. really? Okay. Yeah. Um, I uh, uh was was on Fox News recently on the television program Red Eye to promote the Tick, and Andy Levy, who was the guest host for the show, gave me comedy points on air. Really? Yeah, which was like amazing to have that thing filter through to. Fox News. Um, and I think we talk about this in a future episode, yeah. but this is more relevant as to when that clip actually dropped, so yeah. we're mentioning it now. Yeah. yeah. Won't talk about it anymore because we'll talk about it in another yeah. episode. God, this whole thing of recording episodes out of order is insane. Well, we I'm think very it's confused. a good idea because we're like, I mean, it's just a movie anyway, so right. like, whatever, right? Like, we can do it in any order. We don't need to be topical. But then these narratives, but we have we, all these bits we that weave. we... Yeah, yeah. It's a tangled web we weave. It is. Um, so... Episode one, the pilot. <laughs> oh god, it's the pilot episode, and it's called bad episode. Life is a carnival. Bad episode. We all agree it's a bad episode. Episode two is called What Would Phil Do? What happens in that one? I think uh, they fire Luke Ron Wilson. White. Yeah, Luke, Luke Wilson Wilson's has to take over the. Gotta be the new Ron White. Does he do and the no prayer one, circle? 
Yeah, not very well. But like everyone's kind of like I also feel like he's in the first episode they establish he's like good at his job, and right. then he takes over and everyone's like, like "Fuck you, oh, get out of here, man! Yeah. Uh, we want the embezzler!" Like I'd no one like hated him in the first episode. I'd say that episode is an improvement, but it is still mediocre. I'd say that episode is just kind of like okay, you're getting to like a, a cruising altitude, like the ship, the plane isn't crashing anymore. Does anything else happen in that episode? I can't remember. It's okay. it's like I just fun. watched this in a week. <laughs> Me yeah. too. Now I mean I'll admit like that probably hurt my like liking of the show having to slightly binge. The it. show is very old school in that it really does feel like you could watch this over a year, right? <laughs> you know, like and retain a- every everything. episode's just kind of an episode. There are obviously like storylines that continue, but the episodes are kind of self-contained. Right. It feels very like two thousand three. Where even yeah. if it's like a cable show, it's like, well, we might not get a DVD box set, so you have to make sure, sure that someone could jump in at episode five and get it. I also think you see how this show could so easily be a uh, half-hour uh, live studio audience sitcom. Sure. Like, Definitely. the format of the show feels a, very or a classical. single-camera sitcom. Any of You know, whatever. Yeah. Probably would have been better like that. Uh, yeah, I agree. Third episode is the Bryce Newman Ooh, letter. Which catastrophic. Is like... Wait, I want to go back to the first episode and do a very nerdy nitpick. Please. Which Please. Is, is that okay? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Which is that when Wes shows up, he's handing bootlegs to people as like, here, I brought you these CDs, which is, uh-huh. okay, whatever. But he says to uh, Donna, the one with the baby. Yeah, yeah, Donna. Castle yeah. Hughes. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. She's Academy like, Award nominee Keisha Castle Hughes. Correct. He gives her a replacement CD, and he goes, uh, "Last show with the original band, 1987." First of all, that's a weird. No one says last show with the original band. You say lineup. Last show with the original lineup, Fucking and it was idiot. 86. It was wrong. Wrong fact on this, and it bothered me. And I was like, I'm gonna bring it up on the show, and here we are. And you we feel are, like guys. that's the one thing Cameron Crowe would <laughs> right, get right, which would be like he, he should know He's this. The liner notes guy, <laughs> like it's supposed to be his guy. thing. Yeah. Which also makes me think that like maybe he just kept saying it wrong in takes, and they were like, no one is gonna notice this, and I'm the person who was like, no, it was '86. Stinson left the band. This season does feel like this season. This series <laughs> feels like. Liner notes the TV show. Yeah. 100%. There's a a Pino Palladino joke in one episode, (laughs) which is like, I feel like me and three other people were like, oh, yeah, Pino (laughs) Palladino, cool. It also, so much of this show is him like grabbing, like reaching his hands out of the TV screen, (laughs) Fat Albert the movie style, (laughs) grabbing the viewer by the lapels and going like, you should care about music. Like the prayer yeah. circle thing is like a device right. to have Luke Wilson explain the history of every town they go to musically. And then even just like the song of the day thing is like such a weird like, setup. Listen to this song I heard. But it's also the whole series is like the song of the day. Like every episode has like five songs that are like spotlighted. I mean, I did the this tweet last night that was like a too long didn't read version of Roadies. <laughs> I saw that. And I screen capped three things from one episode. Yeah, uh, I could probably find it. And it was like. It was basically every time. You go ahead. It was like Luke Wilson with like a winsome expression. Right. And then it said like like gentle rock music. <laughs> yeah. And then it was like. Uh, Jangly rock music. Maybe. Right. But then it was like Carla Gugino looking sad. And then it said like rock continues playing. <laughs> And then the, them, like, canoodling right before they kiss, and it said, like... Uh, pensive rock music, I think. Oh, pensive is the first one. I don't know. Whatever. It was just, like... It was a great tweet. Yeah. Thank uh, you. I, pensive, I, I threw it a fave. Rock, oh, slow hey. rock continues, mellow guitar chords. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, fourth episode is called City Whose Name Must Not Be Spoken, then Rafe Spall says the word Cincinnati. It's a cute episode. Yeah. That's Again, the first one that made me kind of turn around on would it be, a little bit. Best, I think, is a 22-minute episode because the way they're like, wait, what did you do? He did it. He went and did it. Guys, everyone come in here. Everyone? Everyone's here? Finesse? Everyone's here. 
He said it. What did he? What did I say? You know what you said. Yeah. He, the you know, C word. Like they say the C word yeah, as yeah. though. I, I didn't like, say the C word. Yeah. But wait, um, my favorite thing in the show happens in that episode. Well, my second favorite thing, okay. which is that. And the, he says it, and like everyone's like freaking out. And then Jim James from My Morning Jacket yep. comes out of the bathroom. Imogen Pooks goes, "You're Jim James, right?" And he goes, "Yeah." And she goes, "I'm a big fan." And then he's just there for the episode. He's no just one hanging they, out. like they like he like vaguely is like, "Yeah, thanks for taking me on the bus." But like no one is like, "Why are you here?" <laughs> like you're not opening for the band. You're just hanging out. <laughs> Anytime they have a real life musician on the show. They constantly refer to them by their full name, even when they're talking to them. Yeah, no one is like Jim's here, right? Or like, right. or they never even use pronouns where they're like, "Okay, so he's waiting in the back." Yeah, they keep on going like, "Look, the head and the heart, <laughs> sabotage our show." Lindsay Buckingham. Yeah, right. They keep on saying like, "You spit on John Cougar Mellencamp's guitar." <laughs> Do you realize John Cougar Mellencamp is? Hold on, John Cougar Mellencamp. I'm explaining this to the kid. No, John, John, John Cougar Mellencamp. I'll finish talking to you in just a moment. Like they keep on the amount of times they say head the heart in the first two episodes if you had a drinking game you would die <laughs> so um, and also they just kind of shit talk them too they like bring yeah. them aboard and then they're like they stole our shit <laughs> and they also like and the heart's like kind of well known like they're not like no they're not that well known they're that's what kids. i'm saying yeah, that's no, what i'm exactly, saying it's like yeah. weird that they talk it up like they're like well, but that's we have, they the have head to in the heart yeah that's why they have and to then talk they get, also depict them as villains <laughs> and then they get like lindsay buckingham to open too yeah. which is and why i have like, two numbers yeah. right who i have no idea how big this band is if you're taking like a moderate indie band yeah. or a legend of yeah. music yeah. You know? yeah yeah and that's this running fucking like Plot thread is like, oh, they can't hold on to an opening act, so every <laughs> show they need a new opening act, which is like an excuse to bring in new guest stars. But it also is like, I don't, I don't fucking care. Just- Let's ca- uh, talk about how many running jokes there are. Okay. There's that he can't find his suitcase. Is it- every episode it he is has what to it is. make the call. It, it is, is what, what it is. is. Yeah, uh, it's you look not. Great. <laughs> you look great. The, uh, the Our security guard. Just like a delete. <laughs> Goodbye. What are they talking about? You look great is a recurring joke on this one. Yeah. You uh, look great. The security guard. Put on my, mm-hmm. Put on my <laughs> I've been waiting two years to use that on this podcast. Carry on, sorry. Carry I'm on. sorry. Uh, the security guard every episode being like, it's not going to happen tonight. Puna. Yeah. Puna. Uh, Puna. Puna. I refer to Puna's existence as a running joke. Because he's yeah. never treated seriously as a human being. Is that it? Uh... There have to be some other ones. But they all, they, like, every episode, and then they do tie them up at the end, but, yeah. like, every episode, these, like, five they things happen. They the same things over and over again. Let's talk about the most important thing that happens on the run of the show. Well, should we go to the next episode? Because I think the next one's maybe where this happens. The fifth episode is Friends and Family, which is the one where Luke and Carla hook up, and it's the Supermoon episode. Okay. Sixth episode is Longest Days. I don't even remember what that one is. I think what I'm referring that's to- That's with the fight with Janine? Yes. Oh, that's, yeah, 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 yeah. Another- Super villain on the show, yeah. right? Yes, that's the one, right? But he uh, meets Janine in episode five. Yeah. Janine Superman. pops up, I think, at the end of episode five, and she's all sweetness and light, or yeah. somewhere in the middle and of, of course, episode. Five. You know, steals young Rafe's heart yeah. so she can break up the band. And and in episode five, you're like, oh well, maybe she genuinely likes Rafe's ball. He's he's likable, as we say, all did. I'll yeah. say, of all the will they won't they's the show sets up, they're the couple that have the most chemistry for me. Those yeah, early totally. scenes, I think they're really Jeanine, good, and they try to set up this Williams. image in Poots thing where it's like, well, he clearly likes her, she hates him because he represents everything she hates, yeah. and then everyone assumes that they've slept together, and then like for the next seven episodes, the show proceeds with like, well, they're not really talking to each other, they moved on because everyone assumed it, so now like the tension's gone for them, 
And the second Allison came in, or Allison, I was like thinking of the fucking uh, uh, Elvis Costello. Like, that's clearly the archetype of what she's supposed to be. Um, But uh, the second Janine comes in, it's like, this is a much better couple. You're age appropriate. The two of you have good chemistry. These scenes are really nice. And that's kind of an interesting story idea. No, no, she's a hateful villain. Right. Who must be destroyed. Which is a bummer. Because I love. That's episode six. I love the plotline idea of. Money man in charge of a band falls in love with the ex that the band, the singer can't get over who he wrote the song about. Yeah, that's a great idea. That's a cool idea. It's a decent idea. And you the guys scenes are, are a good. little too jazzed about this. We ideas. love this show. It's a yeah. gentleman's six. Yeah. It's a gentleman's six. What don't you understand about a gentleman's six, David? Oh, my God. Uh, that was an AV Club rating, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was a gentleman's six. It was yeah. an A plus. Vanderwerf would always hand out a gentleman's six. Yeah. Old, old toddy. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, I yeah. do like the idea that he's drawn to her because she's like a quote unquote muse. Like that, yes. that's sort of just interesting. It would Especially because he's like he doesn't get music really, <laughs> and also that he's around. Yeah, a hundred percent, and that he's around all these sort of show folk, and she's like a real person. Like right. she's presented as being the salt of the earth. Like yeah. you know, in episode five, in episode six, she's a monster. Right. In episode, she turns out she just wanted to get back at what's his pants. In episode six, <laughs> she's the Joker. Like yeah, she suddenly yeah, yeah. like fucking organized. <laughs> like she put the the prisoners on the one fucking uh, ferry and gave them the detonation for the other right yeah. were, uh, <laughs> you know it's like a crazy master but plan then, uh, what's the guy Mike Finger no well, yeah. Mr. Finger oh, uh, 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 Tiny uh, Zeus Tiny Lister Tiny yeah. Lister yeah. yeah he 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 throws the keys in the room yeah can we room. mention because I forget which episode is but there's a multi-episode arc on this show where Rhodey's gets Finger <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think Finger ben, it's it's around the same God. time cool. Finger <laughs> shows up in in two episodes yeah, yeah. he's two, he's and like then a... he's there at the funeral like but yeah. no one yeah right, looks right, at him. right there's no shot of him he's just in the back no Finger's got a three episode he's arc, got three right? he's yeah. got three because yeah. he's introduced one they're trying to find uh, outtakes name? and demos so that they can re- release a box set because that's uh, is a big thing idea. that sells, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's 2016. People buy box sets. Yeah, and Luke Wilson's like, I don't know about inviting Finger. So Finger <laughs> is the guy who runs Mike Finger. Is that his name? Yes. Yeah, but they always say his full name. They're like Michael Lewis Finger, and he runs Mr. Finger. He Mr. runs Finger. their fan site. Yeah, for and the he's State and House band. a diehard. He dresses like uh, <laughs> Austin Powers. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was gonna say he dresses like the millionaire from Gilligan's Island. Like he's always got for like a corsage and a little sailor's cap. <laughs> he dresses it's like really a yachting don't man. Don't get right? about Crow. Isn't he supposed to be like the voice of the fan and like you know the people who love these things? He's then, like the closest Crow surrogate on the show, and, and he makes him into a lunatic. A fool, yeah, yeah. like. He's like presented first as being a weird loser, and right, then he's presented right. as being like an obsessive asshole. Yeah, it's at first he's bad, and then the character actually becomes actively malevolent. Yeah, and then it gives Luke Wilson a chance to be like, "All oh, right, this is why I did music." When he like visits the shrines of the band, even though like a couple it's episodes shit that before, he stole. Yeah. yeah, but like a couple episodes before, he has like the same revelation. Yeah. Like when he goes to his own house. Yeah, with his and he's like, "All oh, right, yeah. there's yeah. this Graham Parsons jacket." Ugh. Music. He kind of picks oh, and the. Then Luke Wilson goes on a ten-minute rant about fucking Graham Parsons ruining country music. Yeah, <laughs> that also, was out of nowhere. Also, lo- like, love that there's like all these artifacts, like important things that like these people just own. Yeah, like, this random toy. Yeah. Woody Guthrie's guitar, which apparently Mellencamp actually does own. I googled and found out, but like. Wow. Graham Parsons jacket and right. like like who has this yeah, and the like ashes uses of it? The big bopper. <laughs> <laughs> they got Jim Morrison's dick in a box. Yeah. 
<laughs> Just in like a little shoebox. Oh boy. But no Rain Wilson. Dick. I don't remember no. what happened. I think episode seven is the one where Finger goes crazy. I can't remember. It's called There's... Carpet Season. Oh yeah, where he has the He goes to an <laughs> AA meeting. Yeah. It's the local, the Denver show, right? I this mean, isn't is, that where everything yeah, goes? Yeah. yeah, so every episode's set in a different series, a different din- in a different city. Yes, and except there are two Denver episodes because they do two nights. Yeah, right. that's but, the Janine and Finger. Thing. Right, right, right. But, and it, that's an arc. I can't believe it. I just have to say Finger is yeah. like a... That, that's, when they, that's when they finger Janine. Oh, no. Enchantress, drop the kid. Uh, so, finger. drop the kids. Um, <laughs> we had to oh, Marin! Oh, fuck, right, Marin. He's in the Denver episodes, right? He comes uh, in earlier. He locks the gates. He, no, he <laughs> they unlock the gates, yeah, and they. The gates. Okay. I was honestly disappointed he didn't make any reference to that. Yeah, maybe it's earlier actually. So Marin does a set in front of one of the shows. He's the he's, he's the opener. He's the sober partner. Sort of like Bobcat Goldthwait in Nirvana. But let's remember style. that's how he comes in. Is they go the bassist who's been like sort of bottoming out and now dating the stalker who snuck backstage and, and sexually assaulted Rain Wilson. Great storyline. And also in the tenth episode or the ninth episode, yeah. the bassist looks at the camera is a mirror and shaves like he's Luke Wilson in the Royal Tenenbaums. Oh, and, and the I'm like, editing is rhythms. he going to kill himself? Like, what yeah. is this? The and editing then it's never, rhythms. We don't see him again. It's almost shot for shot in terms of movement editing rhythms identical to the uh, Royal Tenenbaum sequence. But no then, Elliot Smith song. Right, That's and instead of saying, Luke Wilson goes, you're, you're going to kill yourself. Right. Instead, he looks in the mirror and says, you married her. Right. It's yeah. the weirdest homage I don't to know. Have. It, it must be an homage. It's, It'd be crazy for it not to David, be. David, it's like shot for shot. It, I know, I know. The cuts are the same. I the know. literal movements he does, there's no way it's accidental. The, the framing is identical. He says one line. It's How do you the think same. Luke felt uh, Fucking weird? I don't know. He's too busy thinking about Verizon. <laughs> great coverage all over this land. They do. Yeah, they do. I got great coverage. <laughs> he's so fat-faced. He, like, gained 80 pounds in his face and but nowhere else. I, but I like that he's got some wrinkles now that he looks a little... He looks good now. I mean, he, he looks, looks a little he when enlightened Bill, you look good. <laughs> yeah. He, he figured it out. Bill, you look good. So, Marin shows up. He's he's the sober partner. I just want to <laughs> oh, emphasize the fact that it's not like they're like, let's get comedian Mark Marin. The bassist who's been going off the wagon, he's like, okay, he's got a sober partner. And they keep on saying, like, I don't trust any sober partner that he hires when he's sober. When he's drunk, you know, like who's this yeah. guy gonna be? And they show up and they're like, "You're Mark Maron." And he's like, "Oh yeah, no, I'm his sober partner." <laughs> and they're like, "What?" And then like, "Oh, catastrophe! Our our opening act dropped out." And Red just like, "Oh, Mark Maron, why why don't you do us? Oh my God, Mark Maron!" And they're like, "Oh, blah, 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 blah. And then they're like, "You can't let Mark Maron do a set." He gets up, he does the best forty-five minutes out of his life, and then afterwards, Bill's got to fire him, and he does every Mark Maron joke. Because you know, I mean, the the Lauren Michaels interview. <laughs> Yeah, he does it all. Who are your guys? I also <laughs> like the the minor thread about like the roadies have a band and like every time they're like, well, this might be the time you go on, and then Mark Marin shows up and they're like, no, sorry guys, and they're like, no, it's okay, and, like we didn't want to do that. They get bumped for Marin, which feels like the inverse of a Marin story <laughs> that he would tell as to why he hates somebody. There's yeah. somewhere in universe a podcast started by Milo. <laughs> who's yeah. like, man, fucking Marin bumped us again. I, I think I just that. had to get over. I forgot about Milo. Through to this all, Milo maybe has a crush on Imogen Poots. I didn't mention that. Yeah, and he's pretty like brokenhearted about it, but he never does anything about well, it. And they barely talk about it. Yeah. yeah, and also when he actually like goes to say it to her, they kind of sweep it under the rug. Yes, yeah. when they're in Weed, California, <laughs> and then there's the other time where he refuses to talk to her because he's so heartbroken by the fact that she allegedly slept with Rafe Spall, which he didn't. Yeah, he just believes that because Keisha Castle Hughes, who 
character actually, no more than I'm thinking about, is really kind of a bad person. Yeah. He's just going around being like, you fucked Rafe Spall. And then Jim Pooch is like, no, I didn't. Oh, no. She's not there for the birth of her daughter. Yeah. Yeah, She's She's also the one who's shit. (laughs) Fuck her. She's also the one who notices Luke and Carla, right? She's like, yeah, they had sex last night. Right, but she's right about that one and wrong about the other one, but people believe the wrong one more than they believe the right one. I also just want to say, at some point, Rafe Spall is like in a hotel and he there's a fountain. This is my favorite moment in the show. Yeah. He just like goes over and touches it and he goes, Oh, it's wet. And like that was my favorite line in this whole thing. Because it was so charming and like British, you know? He's he's good. It's just That's the show I want to watch. Yeah. yeah. I have a question. Any relation to Timothy? Yes, yes his son. Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> what does Timothy Spall say in Vanilla Sky? What does he Lock say? Lock the gates. Yeah. He does. Lock the gates. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to me. Lock the gates. I'm Timothy Spall. Lock the gates. You're going to have to turn her. Putters right. and murmurs. Eight. Episode eight is the called the All Night Bus Ride, in which Ron White shows up to talk about working for Leonard Skinner. Best episode. Yep. Pretty good. I, I would give that episode a Gentleman's Six. And it feels more formally audacious. I'd give that yes. episode a Gentleman's Eight or Nine. Directed by Sam Jones. That's ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> that's like ridiculous. I also don't watch like a lot that, of TV. It, yeah. yeah. I watch a lot of TV. Yeah. I also read the AV Club. Yeah. See, I don't watch a lot of TV, and I kind of, uh, I will say, I will say this, okay? And maybe you know, this, uh, what the fuck are you gonna say? <laughs> Let's get the vomit bucket back out here. No, I, I have commitment issues to a degree, and so I have a hard time like getting into TV shows. Uh huh. And so I like watching shows that are like very kind of just like wafer thin, like you can sort of bat around, you know? And an hour long. Like I I can't. I can't. It's so much time to devote I, to something. But like, but here's the thing. I don't yeah. want to get roped into a show that I feel like I need to keep on watching, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like I watch I a do. lot of challenging, formally audacious, yeah, movies. emotionally wrought movies. Can't and wait with for TV, you to see Tony Urban. I can't wait to see it either. No. With TV, I just kind of want to like unwind and watch stuff. I find the show pretty relaxing. And I kind of like that it's, like, so basic and whatever. There is the sort of... I mean, that episode feels more formally audacious in how, it, like, the show could be... In, in that something happens in it, and, yeah. And that's its own format, you know, that, like, the yeah. storytelling yeah, yeah, yeah. structure could change every time. But I kind of like that's just, like, I found this to be a pleasant hangout show. Certainly after watching the first episode, I would not have kept watching if I did not have to for this podcast. Yeah. But I like pleasantly watched like episodes, you know, from episode three on, I was like, I'm enjoying watching this. I don't think it's great. I will never be compelled to watch it again. There are moments I like a lot. There are performances I like. I I am having a fine enough time playing this show episode after episode. But that's that's the thing. If I had watched the pilot, I would never have. 100%. Like if I just tuned in on a Sunday. Yeah. But after like having to watch it, being forced to, yeah, it's kind and of, staying up and like losing sleep to it's watch this low thing, key trauma. I liked it. Yeah. Boo. <laughs> so uh, episode nine. Episode nine is called the corporate gig. Yeah. Uh, what happens in that? Ron White dies and he falls in a swimming pool. They do a corporate uh, gig at Funko, yeah. which is a rubber company which shares the name of like the biggest toy collectibles company. Which is so weird. Today, which what? is very bizarre. Very odd because the Funko Pops were decimated. They were decimated. Yeah. That is true. But I also, yeah, I, all know. Yeah. I feel like that's like a more recent thing, like in the past year. And if it really was shot like a year or two ago, then maybe it wasn't a big deal. Maybe. Not, not impossible. But it is odd that they keep on saying that they used to be a toy company and now they make rubber yeah. bullets. Like it, it's. But, but uh, yeah. uh, what's his face from Togetherness, isn't it? Oh, Steve Zissis. Zissis. Oh yeah, he's good. He actor. was great. Yeah, 
I was uh, like, there's that guy. There there's he a, is. And weird, David Spade. David Spade, yeah. And now yeah. David Spade, you're waiting for this David Spade thing to pay off because the whole season they're all watching, they're this, watching show. this dumb they're show. They're like hate watching this show yeah. and they're like, it's so bad, but I can't help but watch it's dead like, sex. It's like The Ring, except instead of dying within seven days, you have to have sex within nine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's Once like you're cursed. It's by like the an zombies. opposite, uh, it follows. Yeah, sure. Sex is the thing that saves you, and David Spade's the one guy who can have sex because it's about. Yeah. attractiveness and everyone throws out David Spade's attractiveness as an empirical fact he also wrote and produced the show which he would never fucking do no he's shown no interest he's in lazy. To, like yeah he's no a famous he's a lazy man lazy man yeah. yeah who gets out of bed when his friends ask him to do stuff yeah. you know but he, he looks good he does just he like Bill good yeah <laughs> uh and then he ends up emceeing this corporate show yeah and Bill's like you gotta tell me how dead sex ends <laughs> And he's like, it ends with this. And he's like, that's a bad ending. And then you just see David Spade freak out and going like, we have to reshoot the ending. And that's the payoff of the dead sex thing. Ha ha ha. So weird to set up a fictional show within a show that seems like it's going to have, there's no like uh, parallels. Well, it's, not, it's not just like a bad ending, but it's like they, they set up that episode after like the, they show it like clips. They yeah. like, they show a scene where it's like, he's trying to find a woman named Jen. Yeah. And so Luke Wilson asks him, I'm going to forget his name, but he's like, so what happens to Jen? And he's like, I killed her. And it's like- Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Like, so was he supposed to kill Carla at the end of the show? Like, is that the metaphor he's supposed to make? There's no metaphor. It never maps onto anything It should have just been like, like, oh yeah, you know, I realized like she was the one or like, you know, I had to keep on having dead sex with her, you know. And a show that's already about fake bands having that- them watch a fake TV show, especially a TV show that makes no sense that, like, would never exist, you yeah. know? Like, they would never let David Spade do that. Even if David Spade had the, like, momentum to want to make that show, they'd be like, no, you're David Spade. Why would we make a show about you having to fuck everybody? Yeah. <laughs> Which kind of seems like Cameron Crowe's idea for this show, basically, is, like, his surrogate does kind of fuck everybody. It's true. Right. I mean, at least his surrogate is handsome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... I'm he not. looks good. Yeah, he everyone looked, he, says he's so. looked better. Yeah, but he looks good. And yeah. everyone, as everyone says. All right, yeah. come on, guys, let's wrap. The, let's let's <laughs> get to the end of this. Well, the final episode is one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life, and I wanted to throw I my think computer out a window. Which is basically Ron White dies in the ninth episode. Big, he comes back, I guess, after being fired for criminal for, activity. Because yeah. so they need him. Red, they need also, red. they just they casually mention he's murdered two people, but like they're like, this is okay, we can employ him. And he, <laughs> I mean, But can I say, I kind of like that. Okay. <laughs> just you, you just like it. vinyl. You said it. Can I make my limp argument? Go ahead. I, I feel I like that he contains multitudes, and yeah, they're able murderer, to simultaneously say- Embezzler. <laughs> that, he, that he, you know- but, but, like, from episode one, it feels like they're going, like, oh, Santa Claus is a piece of shit. You were fucking lied to. The guy you thought was your mentor has been garbage the whole time. Uh, yeah. And it's, like, when he comes back, the Lemskinner episode, it's, like, he's a guy who's done awful, unforgivable things. Yeah. But he's not inherently a bad person. Well, he's an interesting person in that he's, it would be interesting to talk to a lot of bad people. Yeah. Yeah, they'd be yeah. full of things that you hadn't done to tell you right, about. Right, but that he's not a cut and dry he villain. Dies. Like. He, he dies. He says pistachio. The <laughs> <laughs> um, 10th episode is his funeral. Yep. It is... 40% musical performances. 60. I mean, it's a lot. It's it, a lot. It's we basically get... his funeral. Like, it's largely yeah. people giving speeches and musical performances at his funeral, right? And then Carla's husband keeps trying to fuck her in a Carla's, van or something. Yeah. husband shows up and he's like, it's me, your husband. I love you. I'm going to get you pregnant you tickets now. Tickets to the Maldives where I will impregnate you, yeah. and then I'm going to pull the baby out of you with my hands because yeah. I love you so... Like, he is... 
horrifying. Now we've yeah. been hearing all show that he's she's married or whatever. Right. But he shows up and she is basically like like witnesses this nonsense for ten minutes and then she's finally like you know, I don't really want to go to the Maldives. I think I want to be on this uh, roadie tour. But they already established that she comes back and she looks happy in the episode before. Yeah, and right. Lu- Luke Wilson's like, oh, man, I lost my shot. And then she was like, no, I was happy because I got to see you. And so, like, they shouldn't have to, like, reestablish. No, but the husband shows up. You got to <laughs> yeah. pay it off. He wants to go to the Maldives. Yeah. It's the only thing that happens in the episode that's not boring <laughs> or finding out what pistachio meant. Yeah. Guys. <laughs> His last word was pistachio. It was like a horse. A horse you like on. to bet on. Who cares? So but you're forgetting that Reg gets his Fendi bag back. He does. He does. Old, <laughs> old Reggie. And then he does. They call back to the first episode of oh, him God, running he runs back an to airport. the airport. When you and then we get a cliffhanger. Airport, I, yeah. Fuck this show. It's never coming back. You know why he could, he was knocking, banging Salt on that door. the earth. Banging on that door Salt to try and get in. <laughs> Say that like Marin. Lock the gate. That's the joke I was going to make. Oh, was that the gate was locked. They locked the gate. Fuck. Oh, they had locked it. Oh, my God. Lane. Lane Montgomery. Want to take it again, guys? Yeah, let's take it. Take really? two. Okay, ready? Yeah. Okay, so cliffhanger. They're on a plane. He's right. Uh, <laughs> Reg is on the plane. Right, right, right. Uh-huh. He's running. He's he realizes he watches her movie. Of God, I have no idea. Everyone what Lane's about to say this could be crazy. <laughs> ben, make sure you're you not out cutting the, any of this. Ben, right, ben, cut out the previous take. Okay, Lane. Go <laughs> oh, of course. I, 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 I'm I, elaborating now more on this scene just so it drags out. Okay, cool. Ben, cut all of that out. Okay, Lane. Sure. <laughs> so he he watches the movie that Miss Poots made. Yeah. Mm. Poots. Poots. And uh, you know he just realizes he's in love with her, so he runs. In the airport, because you have to have the airport scene. Then he gets in a cab and he runs to the door and he's banging on the door. But you know what's happened? They've locked the gates. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't as satisfying as I thought it would be. Lock the gates. Roadies forever. Lock it on roadies forever. Lock it away. Like paint. Like quarantine on the on the gates. I'm I guess. hoping for season two. Uh, me too, gentlemen. Six. <laughs> loved be, it. I would be ge- genuinely surprised. If Had, a it. Had a fun time watching it. Had a fun time watching. I think I'm. You know, this is the end of our camera crew. Yep, and you're going out as you went in, angry. <laughs> I'm real worried about him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know what the fuck he's gonna do with himself. I don't. He's either. failed in every way. I, I'm. I'm actually. I'm here to help. What? Yeah. Uh-oh. I'm here to help Cram and Crow. What? Cameron Crow. Cameron Crow. Okay. All right. Okay. So let's just start from the top. Okay. Your okay. ideas aren't fresh, baby, okay? They've what? been sitting Good in point. a filing cabinet for too long. All right. You want music ideas? What do you do? Something about crust punks, okay? <laughs> Nobody's done that before. Crusties? Yeah. All right. Uh, a Star's original series? Yeah, exactly. Crusties? Get Machine Gun hey, Kelly in. Instead it. of roadies, why don't you do something about backup dancers? That's cool. Maxies? Yeah. Or it could have been- Cinemax original series? What if it was Roadhouse, the series, and it was about bouncers? Roadha- I would watch the shit out of that. Sure. You talk about Roadhouses? Yeah, dude. Yeah. So basically- An Epic's original series? This is to Cameron Crow, but really to Hollywood in general. If you're looking for a punch-up guy, well, let's just say I can do an uppercut. You're like Sagat from uh, Street Fighter 2? Yes. Let's just take a little time to appreciate- Hyper uppercut. If you're looking for a punch-up guy, <laughs> I can do an uppercut. Terrible. That's why we call him the Poet Laureate. It is. It's true. That's my spiel. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, as always. Um, no, so I just, I'm worried about Cam. 
What do you think he's going to do with himself? Um, what would be your prescription for Cam? It's not make that meth movie. No. No. I say season two of Red. <laughs> that would be like, you know, some stars like yeah. go supernova and then they're gone. <laughs> and like some stars just get like kind of cooler and then they like shrink into what's called a brown dwarf. That's what would season two of Rhodes. I think be. season two of Rhodes, he could fix it. I I think uh, I think there's some some greatness in this show. I would love a season two. At this yeah. point, I'm what fully would it on be board. About? They're gonna go on another tour. <laughs> <laughs> Tacoma, we're coming back. No season two. I mean, look, season two, they are on tour with a Taylor Swift type figure, yeah. and it's them, and they're totally other elements. That would be fine. Thank the only you. problem with that is no one watched this show. So <laughs> what if it's under the sea? Thank you. <laughs> what if You're it's the space it tour? <laughs> yeah. Planet so, Swift. And I've already said my other things I've suggested that Cameron Crowe it does uh, adapt. Uh, yeah, take someone else's other, script. Someone else's work. This show hit, yeah, adapting someone else's script. You know, directing someone else's script, yeah. adapting someone else's book, or, uh, and or, uh, I think I think he should make an angry middle-aged movie with, with Alec Baldwin, because I think- Oh, and Marin. I think a Baldwin- Yes, and Baldwin Marin road trip movie. Oh, yeah. man. Called- because I think this show is weirdly cynical in a lot of areas, but he's trying to be too open-hearted, and I think he's yeah. pushing himself just, to be the classic Cameron, and he he should tap into that anger a little. I more. would worry about him making an anger movie simply because I don't want to hear the rantings of like a fifty-something guy on like Kurt Cobain didn't today. die for. Yeah, I mean, like that that you know, there, there's a lot of ways to go wrong. I'm not saying I want him to sit down and go, okay, here's my angry movie. But I'm I saying just, I find a little too much in his recent work him obviously trying to push himself to be cute. But, like, the problem is maybe there's just not a place for Cameron Crowe in the, like, culture landscape right I think now. that's the thesis we come to. I mean, this show, its top viewership for the first episode was 350,000 people. Wow. And it sank to a, a bottom of 242,000 people. Not good. It's not a lot of people. No, it's not. I mean, if we had that kind of listenership, we'd be rolling. We'd be it. killing it. Yeah, but uh, we're a podcast. Yeah, we're that's not actually a TV show that costs millions of dollars to make. It's probably pretty expensive. No, oh, our podcast should... does cost one million dollars per episode, and we should make, introduce our new segment. Uh, hey, um, I'll, I'll bring. Million dollars should I bring the cat into the room with you guys? Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. Hold oh, on. Uh, Boomer. Okay, so Boomer is currently living. Let's wait for the segment. Ben is opening the door. Here's the cat. Okay. Hey, Boomer. Boomer! Oh my god, the cat's scratching at my windscreen. Meow. Meow. Lane, did you have fun on Blank Check? I loved it. Yeah, this is great. Uh, Ben, do you want to remind us what the segment is? Did you watch the whole thing because we told you to, or had you checked it out beforehand? Uh, There was a part of me that wanted to still, although I felt kind of burned from vinyl that I was like, it was not what I wanted. And so I was like, I don't know if I want to watch another music show and get let down. Guys, we have a third music show coming out very soon called Atlanta. And that one's actually good. Oh, I'm really excited. There's also Dennis Leary's Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll. (laughs) Oh, that's so bad. That is. Thank God I didn't have to watch all of that for this podcast because I might be actively furious. Griffin, the name of the segment is called uh, Blank Cats. (laughs) It's called Blank Cats? I got to write a new song, right? So we have a purely white cat here. And Lane, if you, here's a Sharpie. If you would like to write a song on the back of this cat. Draw on the blank cat. Yeah. Okay, so start scribbling away. (laughs) Oh, it's not happy with the, you're writing too hard. Let's try to write softer. Uh, Lane, thank you for being here. Yeah, of course, thank you guys for having me. Uh, thank you for coming in every week and I was playing the really, theme song. Really nervous. You did great. 
I don't know, guys. No, you, you did, did great. You, you did, did really great. great. Hey, here's here's five comedy I, points for the. I road. was dreading Ooh. this episode, and it because went, of thought, me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. I was just rolling. I couldn't sleep. No, I just. Uh, you know, uh, I don't like this show, and I found it uh, a slog. But you know, it's pretty, pretty huh? good, and it was a great episode. I mean, Rhodey's bad. <laughs> I tip my hat to Rhodey's with a gentleman's six, and a wink in the eye. Uh, bye, Cam. Bye, Cam. Bye, Cam. It's sort of sad every time we, we say do goodbye. these. Yeah, like we're kind of tailing off because like the last thing is often not the best thing. We're kind of like, all right, well, we're done with you. And when you find when you spend this much time with one filmmaker thinking about them and watching them by the end of the run their style becomes pretty oppressive whether or not you like it yeah whether or not the last couple of things have been good especially this guy yeah it's just like it's a little it's a little much this is a little, we di- we there was a deep dive speaking of deep dives <laughs> next week oh yeah we're going under the sea well no first first a palate cleanser a Ben's choice I don't know if we've announced this officially we have not it's another Ben's choice palate cleanser and it is, Ben, would you like to announce the movie? <clears throat> yes, I would. It is uh, 1995, I believe, a uh, film starving. Correct. Starving. <laughs> starving. No, he looks pretty well fed. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's doing, <laughs> yeah. He's doing yeah. pretty well in that department. It's uh, starring one Steven Seagal in Under Siege 2. And uh, yeah, so next week, tune in for Bender Siege 2 Dark Podcast. Nice. Uh, this is the art that Pat Reynolds made for us. Oh my god, it's great! <laughs> it's Ben hanging onto the side of a train. <laughs> yes! I can't wait to see it. Uh, oh thanks gosh. to Pat Reynolds for uh, all the artwork he's doing for us. And then the week after that is the official premiere of Podinator Judgment Cast. Yeah. A mini-series devoted <laughs> I know, to the it's, works it's rough. of it's Cameron Crowe. We kept the two out of that one because we didn't want people to think that there was a first mini-series they had to listen to. So it's called Podinator Judgment Cast uh, Prana 2, The Spawning. Um, thank you for listening. Yes. Don't forget to vote for the tick on oh, Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> Amazon.com backslash pilot this will season. Still, it'll still be votable by the time this goes This up. comes Good out call. next Monday, yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, here's the final installment of uh, Griffin's tips for watching the tick. Just, please just vote for it. Go to Amazon.com just backslash do it, pilot guys. season. We did it. Five-star rating. Uh, just do it. And then when the button comes up saying lock the gates, you make sure you lock- press it. Oh, yeah. If you don't lock the gates, the whole thing doesn't work. Because here's the thing. If you don't lock the gates behind you, all the votes will will run away. They won't know how many people watched it. They yep. won't know how many stars they gave it. But uh, give it some stars. Write up a little thing. Uh, do the survey. Amazon.com backslash pilot season up there until September 19th. Do 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 do. No burger report. Merchandise spotlight. Absolutely not. There we go. You Late- can't buy the Saint House Bands uh, LP. <laughs> not yet. Can you go on the Taylor Swift space for you? Yes, one hundred percent. Great, but they're all sold out because they <laughs> there's one extra seat on each spaceship. Oh, no, we should say there is a merchandise spotlight. What? If you want to get your body embalmed, there's services. <laughs> oh, in the bucket. Yeah. And oh, the and we have the bucket. The bucket. Yeah. 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 So go to blank check tap tap. Our mobile game, <laughs> and you can buy the bucket for two hundred coins or seventy gems. Yeah, and you get a real bucket when you do that. You do. Yeah. Um, Lock the um, Lane, well, where can people find you? That's, yep. Oh plugs. yeah. Oh plugs. Oh my god. I should have wrote a. Should have written a plugs thing. Should have written a plugs thing. Um, you can the romantic write one. comedy. Yeah. That's true. I could try. Uh, yeah, we just uh, we just got a Facebook now. <laughs> Sweet. We have a uh, we have a uh, EP coming out October seventh. It's called Let's Be Sad Together. Perfect title. So there's, there's that. There's still time there to go. change the title. <laughs> to <laughs> you too? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, and, you know, Twitter. Great American Novel. All the uh, back catalog can be found on Bandcamp. Yeah. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, we have records for that yeah. band too. 
Uh, they're great. People Thanks. still listen to them. Thanks, buddy. If you like uh, the theme song, and <laughs> there are four new songs that sound kind of like that. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, fantastic. Uh, this has been Roadies. Mm-hmm. We we pot a cast. We did it. Life is a carnival. Life is a carnival. We'll never we'll never have to do it again. Uh, <laughs> David is holding his arms up, a la Phil, saying goodbye. Yeah, we're all gonna give him a we hug. Did, we did mention the Ron White's body is embalmed in the end of this episode and taxidermied. <laughs> And it's standing up. I don't and think it's we him did. with his arms out, but it's obviously just Ron White standing there, right? We did talk about. Yeah, this. I think we didn't talk about it, but now we have. Great. We talked about it a lot before we recorded because we, did, we, we did. couldn't get over it. And it's a real phenomenon that happens uh, in Puerto yeah, Rico. Yeah, there you go. In Puerto Rico. Yeah. Do you remember those commercials, the tourism commercials for Puerto Rico? I don't think so. Where at the end the guy would sing and go in Puerto Rico, and then Luke Wilson would. Say the Verizon yeah, is great. Yeah. great in Puerto Rico. It's great everywhere. I like Verizon Puerto Rico. Um, Are we still recording? Yeah, ostensibly. <laughs> All right, so now it is time for us to lock the gates. Yep, and say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, hey, Cameron. Lane. Thank you, Thank Lane. you, Lane. Thank you, goodbye, Roadies. Goodbye, Bill. Bye, Cameron. Goodbye, Call me. Kellyanne. I'll goodbye. help you. Goodbye, Jerry. Goodbye, Penny Lane. <laughs> goodbye, uh, uh, Lloyd. Dobbler. Goodbye. Goodbye all, to all our friends. Goodbye, Phil. Goodbye, Phil. And as always, oh, God. Oh, I got a bad case of the Rafe Poots here. <laughs> This has been a UCB Comedy production. Check out our other shows on the UCB Comedy Podcast Network. 